Hey everyone, my name is Chase with CR Media. Um, as promised, this is a combat sports, boxing, MMA, pro wrestling podcast. Uh, I've got my good friend Seth Hackett here with me. Um, this is just uh, the beginning of many. So uh, thanks for thanks for joining in, um, Seth. Thanks for uh, thanks for doing this with me. Um, I'm super super excited about it. No problem, man. I think it's going to be fun. Um, just a couple dudes talking about play fighting and some real fighting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Um, it's funny. Uh, so for, for those that don't know, um, Seth is a longtime friend of mine. Um, you know, known Seth for a really long time and then got reintroduced to him, uh, when we were adults and man, when we were kids, I, I never knew you, you liked wrestling. Um, I think we were over at Kyle's house watching a UFC fight and, or no, it might've been for like the draft or something. And we, we made a, Josh and I made a comment about wrestling and you said something and I was like, Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. And you were like, I know more about wrestling than you, than you think I know. And I was like, I probably just like peppered it in like an asshole, you know? Yeah, no, it was, yeah, I was <laughs> <laughs> something and like, I probably kind of knew like, Oh, that maybe maybe that's not fully correct. And then like, I kind of just like threw, threw in mind, like, Hey, like, Hey, this is, this is really how it is. And you're and yeah, I did that for a while. Like I didn't really like talk about how I watch wrestling. Cause like, I didn't know anybody who really watched it anymore. And all of a sudden uh, it kind of leaked out. And uh, now I'm just like the, in most of my circles, I'm like the wrestling guy. <laughs> well, you know, and, and when that happened, you know, and then, you know, years went on where, you know, now obviously we, we talk about wrestling all the time and, and, you know, I've always wanted to do this. And, and I was sitting there thinking, I was like, man, like, who do I know that can, that can kind of hold a conversation with me about it. That's smart enough to the business as, as you know, I am about it, um, that obviously would want to, um, you know, so I asked you and Josh and, and you took the, you took the bait. So, so here we are, man. Yeah, now we're going to be doing this hopefully every week and, you know, like I said, just having a good time and bullshitting about a bunch of weird stuff, really. <laughs> so, uh, so how'd you get interested and when did you get interested in wrestling? I started watching wrestling when I was a kid. Like, I don't remember, I don't remember like an exact thing necessarily, but what I what I vividly remember being really young is the Sting NWO stuff was really big with me. I remember my mom bought me the Sting mechanic gloves because I like it blew my mind as like a however old I was, like an eight-year-old. But those that you could just buy the Sting gloves at the store, even though they're just mechanic gloves. Like they literally are just like white, they just say mechanic in like white letters on black gloves. And like, I just remember thinking how wild that was. So she bought me those and they were like large size or something. So like I used to walk around the house wearing them and these gloves would just be like dragging the floor basically because they were huge. So there was that. And then for some reason, I didn't watch a lot of WWF for a while. I was a big WCW guy. It was the NWO stuff. It was the Sting stuff in particular. And then for some reason, 
on the WWF side, the one thing that I do remember is I watched the Brett Sean Iron Man match from Mania 12 like a hundred times. And I think it's probably because maybe we like we my mom used to let me rent those movies from Blockbuster, the VHSs. And that was kind of how it all started. It just kind of took off from there. And then I watched a lot until until WCW really kind of went downhill in like 99. I switched over, watched WWF, obviously like Austin and, and The Rock and stuff. It was like really big with me. And then I watched until probably the early 2000s. I kind of dipped out for a while in the mid 2000s, kind of got back into it at the end of the 2000s, dipped back out. And then I got really big into it around 14 or 15 and i've been watching pretty consistently since then yeah you know uh i i started off watching wwf um and it was it was right around the end of 94 maybe the beginning of 95 um <clears throat> i remember the first pay-per-view i watched was SummerSlam 95 uh with sean and sean and razor ladder match two and I, I I don't know how, but it was a couple weeks after that I found out that it was actually a rematch from WrestleMania 10. And then... The SummerSlam match is, was better. Yeah, uh, I agree. Um, and, you know, right around that time, you know, had my mom, uh, you know, go to Video Junction and, and, you know, when it was still, when it was still around uh, before Blockbuster closed it down and, and, you know, rented... Uh, WrestleMania 10 and WrestleMania 3 and, you know, was, was hooked ever since. And, um, kind of the same thing, you know, I watched, I watched both pretty religiously all the way up until, uh, I think 2009, 2010, it was right around, I kind of slowed down watching. And then when, when Taker, when Taker retired, Sean, um, there's a ESPN writer, Bill Williamson, uh, who posted an article, uh, like the day after, um, WrestleMania 26, when Taker retired, Sean, and he was like, you know, um, I'm a, I'm a 30, almost 40 year old man. I think it's time for me to stop singing sexy boy every single time it hits. <laughs> and if it's time for Sean to stop, if it's time for Sean to retire, then it's time for me to it's time for me to put it down to. And I was kind of like, you know, as a as a 22 year old man, I was like, yeah, I think it's probably time to time to put it down as well. And then I found out Bill never stopped watching wrestling. Um, he just wrote then, an uh, article for the clicks. <laughs> and then uh, and then I picked it back up um, probably on the regular in 2014, 2015. Um, which is crazy because like, and then I went back and kind of watched what, what you missed and what you missed from 2010 to 2014, you know, was, was good stuff as well. Um, I, re I remember a lot of it, why I got out of it in like the mid two thousands too, was like, it felt like every match was Cena Orton and I was just, it was like Cena Orton or Cena edge. And I was just done. I was like, this is like, that's just how it felt to me. And I was just like, I'm kind of over this. And then I remember when DX got back together and whatever year that was, like 06, maybe. 
something like that. Yep. And I remember thinking like, I remember like I flipped out when that happened and when the night they actually got back together, cause they like teased it for a while, whatever. And then when they actually got back together, like I lost my mind. And then it was like a month or two after that is when it really hit me. Like this is a watered down version of the old version. And I think that kind of killed me in a way too. And I was just, I think it was just like in my head, I was like, you know what? Like I should probably like quit watching this stuff so much, like go outside or something. And, <laughs> and I just kind of stopped for a while until I don't know. And then I'm, you know, I decided to get back into it when I'm like 26, which is the opposite of what I thought when I was 16. But <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah. Honestly, honestly, what got me kind of back into it in like the early 2000s was some of the punk stuff. The pipe bomb, when I heard about that, was like, it blew my mind. And then, like, um, I remember when he had the match with Cena at Money in the Bank, and I remember when he left, I, like, scoured the internet after that pay-per-view and, like, tried to find, like, an illegal – someone had posted it somewhere just so I could see it because I had heard the match was awesome and that Punk actually, like, left. And at that time, you're kind of like – I wasn't real privy to, like, the dirt cheats or whatever, so I was like – what is this? Like, is this, is he gone? And then they brought him back in two weeks and I got real mad about that. But Well, and, and I'm glad you brought that up because I did watch for, I did watch for that, that month, two month time period because ESPN posted it. Um, and that was what was weird to me, you know, cause ESPN didn't used to post a lot of WWE stuff, but there it was on its front page in yeah. 2011. About, weirdly mainstream then. Yeah. And it was about, you know, hey, uh, is Punk going to leave with the title or is Punk coming back or whatever? And I was like, what is this? And then so I got in right at that time, rewatched the rewatched the pipe bomb, watched the thing with SummerSlam, uh, you know, and Hunter's failed attempt to bring, you know, Nash back. And <laughs> I always forget about the Nash stuff. So crazy that they just like yeah. have in kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. It was it was just so random, uh, so yeah. I mean, so I, I guess it was a couple months, um, and then you know, did that thing where I stopped watching for for the summer and the fall. Got a got a little bit excited for the Royal Rumble that year, and I think uh, I think Sheamus won the Royal Rumble because he went on to fight. Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania and it was like the quickest match in WrestleMania oh, history or whatever. Second match or whatever where Bryan just basically turned around and got broke. Yeah. And done. Yep. <laughs> and then so, pissed because everyone was kind of hyped for that match in a way. Like at the time, like Sheamus was still kind of like a dude that people were like, uh, like he's not bad. People hadn't like really turned on him yet. No. And obviously like everyone loved Bryan. And yep. then he got demolished in that match and everyone was pissed. Yeah. And uh, the the next night was the night that Brock returned. And I was super excited for that. But for whatever reason, I didn't, I didn't keep following up and watching every week after it. I saw Brock's return and I was like, oh, wow, that's cool. And then two years go by and I don't really, you know. That's kind Russell. of what happened in a way. Like I got back with the punk stuff and then when they brought him back in a couple weeks, I was kind of bummed about it because I really thought that like, oh, they should probably keep him off television for a long time and really play up 
that this dude's a free agent and he has the title. Like, and like, I kind of like looking back, I didn't think this at the time. Cause like I said, I didn't really like, I don't think I dove like super deep into it, but they should have had him like defending the belt on like the Indies and stuff. And then just like come back like six months later. And I think when they didn't really hold him off television, he just came back in two weeks. I really thought they let like the air out of the balloon. And I was just like, well, now this kind of sucks. Like <laughs> it would have been awesome and it was awesome. And they had a lot of momentum and a lot of steam. And then they brought him back in those two weeks. And it was just like, and I remember, cause I didn't know punk used cult of personality before. And I remember when he came back that two weeks later, I was so, I was so in the mode of this dude is not going to return for a while. And when that music hit, I didn't know it was him because they played it for a while and he didn't come out. And I thought it was going to be Colt Cabana. I remember thinking that I was like, it's going to be Colt because I know that they're friends. And if Colt comes in, then it kind of plays into the story. They could do something with it. Casino was in the ring. And it was like after a match or something. And I was like, oh, Colt will come in. And like, maybe he comes out to this. And that's kind of the thing. Like, well, you know, Colt's here, whatever. And then it ended up being punk. And I was like, I mean, I was pumped that he was like back. But I was also kind of like this story's like not really what it could be. Yeah. I think that kind of like threw me off too, to be honest. (laughs) Well, you know, I mean, that kind of gives everybody an idea of where we'll spend most of our time on this podcast. You know, this is just a, the the introduction, and we've already spent uh, 15 minutes almost talking about wrestling. Um, we, we will talk about MMA and touch on MMA. I did want to ask you what, how, and when did you get interested in UFC MMA? Uh, Sun and Silver 1 was the fight that got me – Big in MMA. A lot of that was uh, one of my buddies, um, John. You've met him. Um, he talked. He talked about this fight a lot to me before I really even like. I had not watched any MMA. Um, not even like um, you know when it took off from um, Forrest and, and Bonner and like oh, whatever that was 05 from the Ultimate Fighter stuff. I just didn't. For some reason, like I had never really paid attention to it, and then he watched it a lot and I just really, I didn't know John that well at the time, but then he was, he was talking to me about how this fight and the build was crazy. And that son was talking all this mess and it was just a wild buildup. And, and, and how, like, I remember he kept telling me like, dude, like, like this Anderson Silva dude is like a real life, like Bruce Lee. It's wild. And I was like, I was like, yeah, that sounds crazy, but like, I don't know what's going on. And then I remember that fight happened and i was somewhere else and he like sent me a text message and was just like dude this fight is insane like sonnen is whooping this dude and like silva's at the time you know obviously is like at the peak of his powers he's like the you know like i said maybe like the modern day like bruce lee in real fighting and it's like it's like dude like this this dude just came in out of nowhere and he's whooped him for four rounds and it's like this is crazy and i remember him sending me all these messages about it and then out of nowhere, he just sent me a text. He was like, dude, Silva won. And I'm like, what? I'm like, you've been texting me this whole time about how he's getting whooped. Like, what happened? And he explained it to me and how Silva snapped on the triangle and then transitioned to the arm bar and all this stuff and the whole backstory of it. And, and that's just ever since then, dude, like, 
I was just, I don't know what it, I don't know what it did. It just, it clicked and I, I finally saw the fight and, and that was it. And ever since then, I just been pretty, pretty keyed into the MMA world and at least the UFC stuff. And, and that was it, dude. Like uh, Silva, for some reason resonated with me. That fight resonated with me. It was just the comeback, the story, the drama. It was like, dude, this is, I mean, you know, not not to go straight back to wrestling, but it's like, dude, this is all the wrestling stuff wrapped into like dudes really punching themselves in the face. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's what you love about wrestling, but with like dudes really really beating the shit out of each other. Right, it's real. It's <laughs> real stuff going on, and then like I said, just like that was like the moment of like John had built this dude up to me for so long, this Anderson Silva character, who at the time I I didn't know it was just like one of my friends telling me that this dude is nuts. And then to see him do that, that late in the fight after getting beat up for that long, like absolutely crushed, like demolished. And then to still win, it was just like, even seeing that without really having a connection to it, like when I was watching it for the first time, was just like, holy shit, like this dude is, <laughs> there's something with this guy. Like it's, that shouldn't have happened. And to this day, I think it shouldn't have happened. It's very wild that it happened. But, and like I said, ever since then, it just kind of, it, it, the, the hook was in, dude. And, and I've been watching MMA ever since. So, so what, what year was that? Oh, I want to say it was like 2000. I believe that fight was 2010, maybe. So I was going to say 09 or, or, or 10. Um, so my, my first kind of like, I never, I never really wanted to get interested in MMA or like UFC. Um, yeah, it was I, uh, 2010. So I had a cousin who, um, you know, uh, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like the youngest of my family, like my, my core family. Um, so I had a cousin who's about 20 years older than me, um, construction worker. Uh, and, you know, I would work with him when I was younger, um, God, I, he had me on his, he had me on his construction site when I was like nine, um, <laughs> just picking up trash and, and moving, moving shit and worked with him a little bit when I was 14 and stuff like that. Um, you know, wasn't a big fan of his, um, he was having, he was making you do shit work at nine, dude. I wouldn't be a fan of him. Well, you know, he's paying, he's paying me pretty good. Um, <laughs> You know, but a happy meal, and that was good. That was a good. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, it was was ten dollars an hour, and for a nine-year-old back then, that was that was good money. Some Um, people realize you get paid anything at nine. That's pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, So, you know, I just I didn't have a great relationship with him. Um, You know, his his mom. I always called him uncle even though he wasn't my uncle, he was old enough to be my uncle, but he wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I called his, his wife, aunt. She had the same name as my mom. I call her aunt Diane. And I liked her a lot. And she was real, she was real cool about my, my wrestling fandom. Um, you know, she was, you know, when mom and I didn't have cable, she, uh, she made sure she would record the episodes. And then when we were after work, she'd hand me, uh, after work, she'd hand me the VHS. I'd go home and I'd watch it. And, uh, I remember one time him telling me like, you still watch that fake shit? And I was like, yeah, I still watch it. And he's like, you know, you just it on the chin. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I messed up. <laughs> and, uh, and he showed me his, uh, his, 
his kickboxing and his uh, Muay Thai uh, trophies and um, was like, you know, you, you should watch, you should watch the real shit, you know, where, where they, where they damn near kill each other. And, you know, these were like, this was like the 98, 99 years of, of UFC and pride and, and all those where there was no gloves, you know, it was just them, them in the octagon. Fighters were so allowed to wear like wrestling shoes and stuff. Yeah. 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 And, um, you know, uh, you know, Ken Shamrock and, um, uh, I can't remember his name. We were just talking about him the other day. Uh, Dan the Tiger. Oh, I know who you're talking about. We were talking about um, not Dan Severn, were we? Was it Dan yeah. Severn? Yeah, Dan Severn. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so when those guys were real popular. And I, you know, like I always, I knew what he was talking about. And in 98 or 99, you know, my interest, you know, my interest was, my interest was there. But I was never going to be able to talk my mom into, hey, mom, spend $30 on a WWF pay-per-view for me and then turn around and spend another $30 on this on this ultra-violent, you know, ultra-violent sport that I want to get interested in. Um, and then it was the Ultimate Fighter Season 1. Um, you know, they made a big deal because Raw was on Spike TV and then the Ultimate Fighter would come on right after Raw. Was that the one with Was that the one with Nate? Uh, it was the one with um, Forrest Griffin. No, I'm thinking it had Diego Sanchez in it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And uh, and Brody, you know, Brody and I would watch it, and uh, I don't know if you remember the Josh Koscheck and the the Chris uh, Chris Weidman feud that went on. Chris Weidman. Yeah, Chris Lee, uh, yeah. Chris Lieben. Yeah, Lieben. I was a I was a big Chris fan and and Brody Brody couldn't stand him Brody hated him he was a big Josh fan and uh, I like too I, I I don't I don't know why I liked him he was kind of a dirtbag but yeah <laughs> I really wanted him to beat GSP when he fought him for the title and dude got his eye all busted up but. yeah not, not definitely not uh, <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have a shot but we were pulling for him I don't know why but man you know I, I watched that first season of the Ultimate Fighter. Um, and then I was like, you know, I was like, this is a lot different than what I saw in the late nineties. Um, you know, and it was, it was, it was cool. And that, that final match, um, between Stefan Bonner and Forrest Griffin, uh, I mean, they call it the greatest, they called it the greatest fight at that time. And it held that title for, for a while. Um, well, it sent them to new heights for sure. I mean, I remember yeah. they, I, I think it was, it's one of the rare occurrences where I believe they said like the ratings for that episode, like continued to climb until the, and like the peak was actually at the end of the fight, yeah. which is insane. That normally doesn't happen, but it's just, it's just wild. And that's what really propelled it in like a pretty much a new era. Yeah. And that's what propelled it for me. Cause I, I watched it. I watched it on the regular after that. Um, you know, because like you said, it's it's uh, it's the same thing. It's everything that I love about professional wrestling, but it's real fighting. Um, you know, the drama, the you know, they're going in and telling a different type of story when they get in the octagon, and it's you know, to me, it's just always been really cool. Well, and I, I 
I have like a profound like respect for how many things that these guys have to do to just be adequate in MMA. Not trying to disparage boxing at all or any other type of fighting, but the fact that like this is everything kind of wrapped into one and you kind of have to do you don't necessarily have to be like an expert at everything, but like you have to at least have some sort of skill in 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 most forms of combat to be a world champion unless you're obviously like a incredible master at but in this day and age like i don't know it's just, i just find it i find it very interesting how these dudes um how they do it and how they you know have to train and 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 all the different aspects of of how you can win a fight and and I just find all that stuff really interesting. I think it's, I think it's a very hard sport to be good at, and and I think that that also is something that always like it's the same thing with wrestling to me. Like I think it's I think it's a hard craft to be good at, and that's why I find these both of those things very fascinating. No, no, I mean like you, we we've seen it we've seen it in UFC and MMA throughout the years where they've taken guys that are are exceptionally substantially great at one thing they do whether it's boxing or or just you know uh just straight up fighting and put them in an octagon and the those are the guys that usually will get wrapped up and folded out because you know the guy sitting the guy standing across the octagon from him does not just only knows boxing but he also knows grappling wrestling um knows kickboxing um, you know, those various other, other things, but it's not just one sided. So you have to, you have to have a craft in almost a lot of areas. Um, you know, we saw that with Kimbo slice, everybody, everybody saw Kimbo on, on YouTube or on the internet and was like, oh yeah, he'll kill those guys when he steps in the octagon with them. And that didn't happen. So let's well, see, like, if you, like, you take it from even the perspective of, uh, um, uh a guy who was in MMA for a really long time, but only excelled at really one thing like Damian Maya dude was a jujitsu master. One of the greatest of all time in that particular field, but he was never really good at striking. He was never really good at traditional like American wrestling. He was never, you know, he never really polished anything else off and he never became world champion because of it. He did get all the way to a title fight, which really, if you think about it, it's pretty incredible just because he was really only good at jujitsu, but to do it in like the advanced era of the sport or the more advanced era of the sport. Cause it's still, it's still really in its infancy um, and get that far with only being really, really, really good at one thing is pretty remarkable. But again, never became a champion. And I think it's cause like, especially now, um, which we're kind of beyond the Damien Maya era, but now I think you, I, I think a lot of these guys, they have to excel at everything. If a, they want to be champion and B, they want to be champion for more than just a fight or two. I mean, we saw it in the Francis fight. I mean, he wouldn't have won that fight if it wasn't for something other than what he excelled at. Yeah. Um, you know, and just kind of the way the, the sport has just evolved. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of, I guess gotten gotten more broadened, I guess you would say. Um, because like I said, you know, you go back to what I was talking about in the late 90s 
where you know it was it was big it was big beefy dudes um that took you know jujitsu and and kickboxing kickboxing and went in there and and pounded each other and and now they've got eight you know six seven different weight classes um uh, of different guys and and it's on a it's on a it's on a worldwide level not just like a you know it's not just a pay-per-view event so well and it's you know especially in in the early days it was it was basically like the ultimate test of you know can can this um can a, like a sumo wrestler beat um a world-class american wrestler like can you know can this boxer beat you know whatever and it was about like matching those up and seeing like who what what style really is the best but now it's in it's evolved into such a different level where it's like now we've wrapped most fighters have wrapped all these things into one and now we're you know people are just you know they're good at everything on, on top of on top of like us having just like a different I mean, from 93 when it started until now, the type of athlete is just substantially different. And you see that in every sport, not just MMA, but um, it truly is a lot more advanced than what it used to be back then. So uh, just to kind of just to kind of keep this thing going, what is your what is your favorite memory or when you got interested in boxing or if you are interested in boxing, of course? <laughs> the my boxing stuff is kind of cliched, I feel like, because, well, from our era anyway, like our generation, the, the first boxing memory that I have is, I don't even know particularly what fight, but I remember my father ordered a Mike Tyson fight. I remember that he had issues with the pay-per-view, ordering it. I remember he ordered like 50 wings from Hooters. I remember that. We had a couple buddies over. I didn't know what was going on. Uh, I was just a kid. And then I remember for some reason, and I don't know how he even got this information across the wire because it's the mid-90s and like we don't really have cell phones and shit. Um, let alone my dad probably didn't know how to access any form of the internet. Not that anyone did. Um, and I remember for some reason he had just looked and had saw, oh, the Tyson fight's over. Glad I didn't buy that. And he only didn't buy it because the feed, like the thing screwed up. So my first memory of boxing isn't even actually seeing boxing, <laughs> which is kind of wild. But then beyond that, the first thing I saw was my dad bought um, the Tyson Holyfield fight when he bit his ear. I remember seeing that. Um, again, I was very young. I remember being very confused until I had heard a bunch of grown men screaming about how they finally figured out that he had actually like bit this man's ear off. And it kind of just like shook me as a kid. I was like, what, like guys do this? Like, what are we watching? Like, what is this? And the, and, and the worst, the, the funniest part about it is I remember them, them yelling about it the, the first time when Tyson bit him because he, he bites him twice. And then me being in a state of confusion as a little kid, not understanding what's going on. And then hearing a bunch of grown men scream like, Oh shit, he did it again. And then seeing it and seeing the ear on the ground and all that stuff. That's my first actual boxing memory. 
is is that which i think a lot of people from our generation probably somehow kind of like remember that a little bit i mean it was a pretty big deal yeah and at that time tyson was like you know the biggest name in the sport and whatever but yeah that that's actually my first memory i i, I don't know why i vividly remember the hooters wings but i did i remember the 50 hooters wings i remember my dad i remember his buddies over i remember him not being able to get the feed to work and I don't know how he found out that the fight was over. It was like the second round. Tyson had already knocked him out. And he's like, I'm glad I didn't buy that fight. Yeah. Um, so that's my first memory of boxing. Um, you know, of course, I knew what boxing was, new boxers. But, you know, the finding out about Holyfield biting or about Tyson biting Holyfield's ear um, was just bonkers to me. Um, you know, and... And my mom is, my mom is, you know, she's probably a generation older than most of the moms uh, of the kids my age. So my mom was immediately like, you know, that's barbaric. You know, <laughs> uh, that's, that's, it wasn't, she wasn't wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Granted, uh, you know, crazy to say that that happened. The man's yeah. ear was on the mat. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm already watching, you know, I'm already watching professional wrestling at that point, you know, and, and, and we had to, we had to have like deep talks, you know, because, because <laughs> she's like, I don't know if I want to let you lo keep watching this wrestling stuff. Is this, if this is where this is all going, I'm like, you know, I'm nine years old and I'm like, mom, it's, it's fake. Like it's scripted. Like, don't, don't take this away from me. <laughs> until, until, until she walks in the room one night and she sees a bunch of grown men telling other grown men to suck it. <laughs> what are we doing here? Yeah. And, uh, and, and, you know, that was always the funny thing, you know, my, my cousin that I was talking about, um, you know, he, uh, he didn't like, you know, he made fun of me all the time cause I watch wrestling and he didn't like, he didn't like Austin three sixteen. He thought that was blasphemous. You know, and I was like, but, but, but you watching, but you watching guys beat, beat each other to bloody pulps is not. <laughs> yeah. It's like, a, you know, I'll call him a kettle black. Yeah. But so, so then after the, after the Tyson Holyfield thing, um, obviously they bring Tyson in to WWF and, you know, like after, after WrestleMania, when Tyson left, I was like, well, well, where's Tyson at now? Like, I, I'm, I want to see more of Mike Tyson. So we'll started watching, started watching boxing then. And, uh, you know, boxing was, boxing was kind of like, or my, my fandom with boxing was similar to my, my fandom with wrestling was it just got to a point where it was like, you know, this isn't fun anymore and I don't want to watch this. So I stopped watching it for the, for probably eight, eight to nine years. Um, and I, you know, I've still followed it. You know, I'd read articles and kind of, you know, still pay attention to what's going on. And I think I finally started picking it back up, uh, about four years ago, right after, right after Floyd retired. Um, just cause, you know, for, for me, when, when Floyd was, when Floyd was fighting after, after about 20 fights in, boxing just became kind of boring because I felt like, I felt like, you know, Floyd kind of owned everything in boxing. 
Um, you know, and it's that's a catch twenty two, and we can we can dig into that further. But you know, it kind of brings me to like the state of boxing today, like where it's at today. Um, and and as somebody who somebody who follows it, you know, that's kind of like my my theory, or not my theory, but my opinion on what the state of boxing is today is, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of just, it's been in a, it's been in a lock hold by, you know, uh, Floyd's productions for so long that, it, you know, now it's kind of getting out of that. Now we're kind of seeing more, more guys that aren't a part of Floyd's camp that have nothing to do with Floyd Mayweather or Mayweather productions or whatever. Um, coming in and and kind of trailblazing their own way with the sport. So, well, I think I think too what it kind of lacks is there's not. I guess it depends on how you view it, but I feel like that there's not a lot of like massive, massive, massive draws. But at the same time, I mean, guys like Canelo draw. I mean, the zone yeah. paid all that money to basically be almost like an exclusive fighter on their stuff and. You know, you can look that up if you wanted and dive into that whole thing and how, you know, that was, you know, that's kind of a whole different conversation in itself. But Canelo does draw and he is tremendously talented and very good. And then Tyson Fury draws and he's again, he, you know, he's in the weight class that you want to, you, you know, you want, you want the main guy of your organ of, of, of your sport if it's going to be combat sports, usually to be the, be a heavyweight because the heavyweight division historically has always been the better drawing division, not the smaller guys, even though Floyd kind of debunked that and certain guys have, but ever since Floyd went, I mean, you know, Pacquiao was, you know, on the backside after that. And it just kind of feels like that there's no real mega stars anymore there's no tysons um there's no ollies there's no real like real transcendent guys but again sometimes i think that's just that's just how how you look at it if you want to look at boxing in like more of a skewed way and see it that way then you're going to see it that way but if you but i think there is an argument to be made that there are a couple guys out there and there are some maybe some upcoming guys and then you know with the paul stuff i mean those guys are bringing eyeballs to the product whether you hate it or you don't I mean, and they're, you know, not only theirs, they're bringing eyeballs to everything. They're bringing eyeballs to MMA too. I mean, they're bringing YouTubers in who followed them from that. People who followed them when they're on Disney and stuff. Um, so, you know, I think, I think it's, I don't, I don't it's, these people that come out here and say that boxing's dying or that it's dead, that's not true. Boxing still makes money hand over fist. and you know, and it's probably always going to be that way. So I think it's in a much different state than when Floyd was at his peak, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's bad. It's just different. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't think boxing was ever dying. Um, I just think that when, you know, Floyd, uh, everybody's got their hands in Floyd's pocket is how it was the last the last, not 10 years, but I'd say probably the last eight years. Um, maybe a little, maybe a little less than that, but you know, um, it was his guys, um, getting the, getting the spotlight, um, you know, his, you know, the networks are in his pocket, Showtime, whatever. Um, 
everything everything circled around him. So when he got his vice grip off of off of the product, then you know we could move on to other things. Um, you know, yeah, Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury is you know really popular. Um, you know, and then you mentioned you mentioned about the Pauls, and you know I had it in here. You know, um, obviously it sounds like it sounds like you already gave your opinion on it, but you know I wanted to ask you know if we thought the Paul brothers were ruining the sport, or if celebrities are ruining the sport. And, you know, like I said, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said that, you know, it's bringing, it's bringing viewers to, to it that, you know, weren't normally, weren't normally going to watch it. Um, Cause I assure you, Jake and Logan Paul's fans, um, you know, probably watched that fight in some way, shape or form. Um, most of their fights. And those are people that probably never would have bought a boxing event or watched a boxing event um, in their life if they if they had a choice. So, you know, I I think that's I think it's kind of it's you another know, a good thing for them. I kind of just feel like again, it depends on how you look at it. If you're a boxing purist, I I think you probably do think that it probably is hurting the sport. But also, like, there's another conversation to be had when the people think you know, when they want to argue that that's hurting the sport and the, I mean, the purity of it, but for pro boxing to thrive, they need money just like anybody else. They need viewers just like any other company that, you know, thrives on television and, 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 and network rights and all this stuff. So, and they, they are bringing in viewers. And then the other thing is, is like, I know that some of these fights come across as like kind of freak show type things. Um, but when it comes to Jake Paul in particular, he might be good. <laughs> so it's kind of like, is he really hurting it from like a purist standpoint if he's actually good? Like he's actually, he might actually have, like he's, he, he at least has some form of skills. Like I know that, you know, there's people out there who want to clown on like guys like, like Woodley for getting sh- straight up put in the grave in that second fight but Woodley's a real fighter he was a UFC champion boxing is not his forte he has a wrestling background first and foremost but he was a decent striker in MMA now boxing striking in in boxing and MMA the MMA version of boxing is very much different than the boxing version of boxing absolutely absolutely so you know when that dude gets put in the ground like that a lot of people want to clown on him for all that. But at the same time, it's not like Tyron Woodley isn't a real trained athletic fighter. And Paul beat him pretty easily in a couple fights. And now the Askren thing, I kind of just don't pay attention to. Askren was never even a striker in MMA. And he was well past his prime, coming off major hip surgery. Um, so, yeah, I think it was like one of those things that like when you look at it on paper, like Paul beat a real dude because he was a real fighter. It looks twice. Yeah. Which also, you know, Paul's playing the game. Like he's obviously, he's obviously, he's obviously booking these fights for himself in a smart way. Cause Woodley's also clearly at the end of his career. It's not like he fought Woodley when he was the UFC champion. That would have been very different. Um, and Woodley also his style of fighting favors a guy like Paul who is still very much in the infancy of what he's doing 
where Woodley is patient and he sits and, and, and he waits and he tries to hit you with one big shot. And Paul probably knew like, Hey, if he's going to do that, I could just pepper him. And you know, maybe, you, maybe I catch him, maybe I don't, whatever. And, you know, but it plays kind of into, into his hands. So I think that was all smart, but I just, I don't think that it's, I don't think how you, if, if you really think that you really want boxing to, to, to strive, I don't, I don't think you can necessarily say these guys are bad because they're generating people and viewers and money. And yeah, no, and, and that's good. I mean, you know, I mean, it was like what we talked about. It's like when USC, you couldn't you used to be able to not watch USC unless you bought a pay per view um, at all. There was never there was never prelims. There was never fight nights. None of that stuff. Well, in the early, early days, too, they it's not like they were having one a month either. Yeah. No, they, I mean, it was it was a rarity. So, I mean, it's the same thing with boxing. You know, yes, these are pay-per-view events, but the popularity of boxing would rise to a point where they could get a television deal. They could get an internet stream, streaming deal. So more people could watch it, and the popularity would grow. Um, you're going to see more fights, better fights, um, you know, do I do I think the Paul brothers are douchebags? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I think that do they I, don't even know that they're douchebags deep down. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, for for them to do what they've done and does the same shit. Connor might actually kind of be, you know, he might kind of be a douche for real. But some of this shit is it's 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 an act. It's part of the game. Yeah, it's what you know. I mean, they've they've done vlogs of themselves since they were fucking. You know, I mean, before vlogs were popular. I mean, they were doing the same thing that you and I are doing right now before it was popular. Yeah, they um, were stars in that in in that field. You know, so the, I don't necessarily think they're ruining the sport. You know, if you don't want to like them, you don't have to like them. But, you know, putting more eyes on the sport, I think is I think is it's a big um, it's a big deal for boxing, because, like I said, the, there's just a lot of people who don't who aren't interested in boxing, who did think boxing, you know, or did think boxing was dying off um, because it was just, it was, it, in my opinion, it was monopolized. Um, and say what you want about the Paul, you know, say what you want about Paul brothers in general. Um, they've also brought up a, a, a fantastic point nowadays with, um, you know, with fighters and getting paid. Um, you know, why would, why would Woodley, call Dana and get paid, you know, a couple hundred grand and, you know, risk, risk getting, you know, risk getting injured, injured, or, you know, a career ending by somebody younger, um, quicker when he could, when he could call, you know, Jake Paul or Logan Paul and, and fight them and make way more money. Right. I mean, boxing is really where the money's at. I mean, look what Francis is talking about boxing. Uh, Junior Dos Santos has talked about boxing. Um, Connor has boxed, and I wouldn't doubt if at some point he goes back to that world because that is, even for as much money as Connor makes in the UFC, which is a shitload, compared, especially compared to everyone else, he still does not touch the payday he made when he fought Floyd. Yep. And. That's just the reality of it. And it's because there is no union. It's because there is no CBA. It's because um, 
Dana and Endeavor and and that and and the owners of the UFC have you know they put these fighters in a corner because also the UFC in particular is an MMA is in such an infancy that that they kind of there's for a long time there's really nowhere else these fighters can go. So they go to so when they end up in the UFC and they're only making whatever it is of the revenue. I mean, I know it's in the teens, I don't know the exact percentage, but they only make a, the fighters only make so much of the revenue. And then you got other sports where some of them have a 50-50 split. Some of them it's not 50-50, but it's close. It's, you know, like 46-54 something like that, which is still a hell of a lot more than making whatever the UFC's paying their guys. And you're going out there, I mean, for example, the prime example is this is is the last big fight we saw was Francis defending the heavyweight championship belt, and he made six hundred thousand dollars. As a where basic, it's crazy, yeah. And I saw Bellator uh, is paying their champion millions. Yeah, wow. which, which is which again is is it is a lot of that is to do with the um, the good thing about going to Bellator is that they let their fighters have their own sponsorships. They let them have cut deals with people, and the UFC does not, and that is a problem. Yeah. But ever since they signed that Reebok deal, which is now gone, and it was uh, to me in my as just a fan of this of, of the UFC and of the sport, it, to me it was a complete failure. Um, and all it did was cost fighters money, and it didn't allow them to be able to branch out as much as they should have. Um, and Bellator does allow you to do that, so Bellator can still pay, you know. A little bit less than what the UFC pays fighters is a base pay, which isn't good most of the time. I mean, you got guys like Jose Aldo who's headlining cards, who's been, who's one of the greatest of all time, who's, you know, in his mid to upper 30s, who's done everything, and he's still only getting like 500 grand. Jose Aldo, like that's kind of crazy. I know he's not a massive name to like, you know, some outsiders, but if you're plugged into the sport, like Aldo was the man for like 10 years. And he's yeah. still making like $500,000. And again, Francis made $600,000, which granted he did admit after the fight that he had turned down a new offer from the UFC and it probably did cost him millions is what he said. But he is fighting for something bigger than being tied down to a contract when he thinks his value is a lot more than that. And that's why he turned it down. So he could have made more money, but it's still just crazy that like this, this is happening for main events of massive cards so i i guess you know I, I guess my question would be is pay the answer for the lack of heavyweights in the sport i don't think that has much to do with it i think i think the heavyweight division has just been um i think it's tough i think i think a lot of these i mean it's tough to be you know to find quality mma fighters at that yeah. side um, not that they don't exist. Um, but I just think like other divisions are a little bit more richer. I mean, you know, a lot of guys also, again, I think MMA being so really being so young still is everything's still evolving. And I just, I don't think, I don't think that has much to do with it, but at the same time, you know, they've had moments where they've had a few guys. I mean, the era of when, when JDS was at the peak of his powers and he was in, and him and Kane were like the big feud, that was a big deal. Uh, Fedor, but the UFC never could never land him for whatever reason. So I think he never really turned into the megastar he probably should have. 
We've had guys like Fabricio Verdun, who really didn't take off into superstardom, but was a big name for a while. Um, so they've had moments, but I don't think it's so much pay. I think it's just so much that, you know, like it's it's hard to be a really skilled MMA fighter when you're also 250 pounds. I mean, I think in boxing it's yeah. probably easier because you're just standing. Like you're you're it's it's a striking game. When in MMA, when you if you have a guy like Stipe, who's 230 pounds, who's on the lighter side of heavyweight, who's going to wrestle these big fuckers to the ground, like Francis, like he did in their first fight, um, then it kind of, you know, it's just, I think it's harder for those guys to be those type of fighters, to be wrestlers, because they're so large. So I think that has something to do with it. And, you know, I don't know. I just think, I also just think that it's, I think it's hard to find these guys. So, um, you know, the, the, the theme of of this show tonight was just supposed to be an introduction, kind of kind of get you know where we are um, with boxing, MMA, and wrestling. Didn't really want to break down the card, um, but I did want to ask: Was it surprising to see Francis out wrestle Ganya? This, this is this is what I told a friend of mine. I don't think it was the most exciting victory, but I do think it was the most surprising. I think it was the most shocking because I wouldn't doubt if I wouldn't doubt if 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 Cyril didn't even train in wrestling at all leading up to this fight. And he actually has like an okay ground game, but I I I would not doubt if he didn't train in it one bit because no one no one thought Francis was going to do that and then win that no. way. And honestly, yeah. he looked great. That's yeah. what's more insane. It wasn't like Oh, he got a takedown or a slam because, like, maybe that can happen. He gets weird positioning. He's a big dude, super strong, super large. He gets some leverage. He can slam probably anybody. But the thing is, is he was he slammed him, and then he had ground control. He had good jujitsu. He actually set up a couple, like he, you know, he almost he, he got close to a couple submissions there for a while. And the thing that's most impressive is he did all that again with a pretty much a blown out knee. They're talking about maybe him not coming back until next year. Yeah, so, he did it with a he, he did it with a, a an MCL. Yeah, it was um, on an injured ACL. Yeah, um, and you know that that was the the talk before the fight was, um, you know, for people that don't know, Francis has, um, an an insanely inhuman like uh, strength as far as striking goes. Um, they. There's a video on the internet I saw where they talked about how hard Francis can hit, and it's just it's unheard of. I believe, um, I believe it's Francis that I believe they sent him to um, their performance center in Vegas, and he punched. They have like a punching machine, uh -huh. and he punched it once and like broke the all time record. Yeah, yeah, like, uh, the, yeah. The, like also, Dana White off the street like do you know the story of how they found him he was yeah. just like a dude and he yeah. was he and they were like you should fight and he was like uh, okay and now he's the world heavyweight champion like it's wild yeah so uh so it was it was it was shocking because everybody said hey like we all know that or we all think francis is going to win this win this fight but francis isn't going to win it well, he I, was the underdog did you know that i did I did, but in. but like all the all the all the predictions I saw were, hey, like Francis is going to win this fight, but don't 
but don't look for Francis to out wrestle Ganya. Like if if it goes to wrestling, Ganya could win this fight, and and to see that he, uh, I mean, he out wrestled him and won. And it wasn't close. That's what's yeah. not. It wasn't even yeah. close. Yeah. Um, the, thing, I, the thing that's crazy to me too. I was thinking about it after the fight happened, and it's just kind of like, can you imagine? Can you imagine coming into that fight? And being Cyril and just thinking to yourself, like, you know what? Like, if this goes to the ground, like, I'm good. I'm cool. Like, I'll, I'll be all right. Yeah. And then, <laughs> there, and then to get up after, like, after that, that first round, that third round when he got taken down and Francis, like, held him on the ground. And just to get up in between rounds and just, you know, he had to be thinking, what the fuck was that? <laughs> and then when the fight ends, to sit there and just think, like, this is the one scenario that we literally didn't even think of because it was so unfathomable and it happened. You know, yeah. it's like it's like when the Patriots went into 07 undefeated against the Giants. There was a lot of people who was just like, all right, like, can we just wrap this thing up? Like, just give them the trophy, you know? And then yeah. the Giants win and you're kind of like, what happened? And this is exactly those- It was such a freak thing. It was just like, what did we just watch? Yeah. Like uh, the the last two minutes of that game, you know, talking about the Patriots and the Giants was just like, what, what, what am I seeing? Like, why, why did that just happen? Yeah, um, it, the the yeah, the fight it made no sense. It was the exact same thing. And just there's nothing about it that I can even explain. The problem is too is not that not that it happened was that Francis Lee good on the ground. Yeah. That's what's nuts. It's one thing to get it, like I said, to get him down once or twice, maybe control him for a little while. Because, again, Francis is a big dude. But you would think, like, once he loses positioning, like, Cyril's going to get up. He's going to figure it out. And then he's going to shift him. Yeah. And then, like, all of a sudden, it was just like, oh, shit. Like, Francis is kind of good at this. Like, like, I want to see if it happens again. Cause it is like, it's hard not to think like, was that just like a weird night if it, but then he had a blown out knee and, and he was down. That's what's nuts too. He was down two rounds to zero going into the third, like pretty objectively. Like most people th- think he lost the first two. Yeah. And Cyril was just kind of cool. Like, I'm just going to outpoint this dude. And Francis to me on the feet looked pretty slow. Like, and I don't, I don't know if it's because he got gas pretty early because his gas tank, you know, historically not great. Um, also blown out knee. We found that out later, which also smart, little smart move that he pulled wearing the two knee things. So you, the rumors start swirling, hey, throw the two on. So that way Cyril doesn't know what knee's going on. <laughs> um, but I just, it's, it, it, it was a, it was a really, honestly, it was one of the more wild moments, I think. Um, since I've started watching fighting just cause it was so, it was so out of left field. Yeah. Cause he, I mean like going into those fights, you think you know what's going to happen. Um, and then for it to go for it to go a completely different way, it just makes the fight that much more, much more entertaining. Or least, um, yeah. I remember that. I think it was, uh, just to kind of add one more thing that made it kind of nuts is I think, I think, it, I think they had a, that just not even taking, not even winning the way he won, but I think the betting odds of that fight going the distance was like um, one in sixteen. 
It was just like a, it was so like, no one saw, no one saw that happening. Even going the distance, like standing, they would have stood the whole time and went the distance. We'd be like, wow, that's fucked up. Like we never, we didn't see that coming at all. <laughs> and then he took them down and added on top of that. And it went the distance. Like just wild. So I don't know if you saw or not, but, uh, um, one of my favorite fighters tweeted after the fight, um, at the end of the day, I'm fucking them both up. And then that's, he deleted it. That's your boy right there? I didn't know that. No, he's not my boy. I was, I was being a smart ass. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm not a John Jones. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a John Jones fan when John Jones first started. Um, he was my favorite fighter for a long time. Yeah, no, mine too. But when, you, when, you pay to, when, when you're excited for a fight and you're looking forward to paying for a fight to watch him fight, and and he can't stop doing cocaine off of stripper's buttholes, then um, then you know, uh, you know he, he doesn't he he goes down on your list of favorite fighters. Um, yeah, his personality turned me off too. That was really where. Yeah. Uh, he 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 might he might not be the best of people. <laughs> um, a hot take. Yeah, and uh, you know, uh, not to get too sidetracked, but. Um, you know him. Him beating DC just. I was bummed out know. when it happened the the last time. Yeah, um, mostly because like I don't know if it was that if it was so they fought three times, right? Yeah. So I don't remember if it was the third one or the second one, but one of them DC. I thought DC was winning the fight, and he just got hit with that with that um kick to the head, and it was just. Yeah. He, he got, got he 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 got down, and then when they got him back up, he got mad. Uh, that was the one where I was kind of like, man, like I just I felt like I felt for him. You know, you felt like the not the heartbreak, but almost like the embarrassment for him because he got up and he didn't know that the fight was over with, and he yeah. went over and he started like he pushed he pushed a bunch of people and was like pretty good after that one too. That's where they yeah. made the DC memes. Like, and they, people thought the DC crying meme was going to take over the Jordan meme. Yeah. It's pretty rough. Nothing, nothing will ever take over the Jordan meme. No, um, just, a just to kind of preview, uh, February's UFC 272. Um, no, that's not, that's not February's. I'm sorry. February's is, uh, February's is Israel. Um, but we'll we'll talk about February's later on. It was announced this month that USC 272 in March was gonna be uh Covington and Mosvidal. Um so just kind of just kind of some early thoughts on that. Um I think it's a good matchup that'll sell. Uh, I think um people still love Mosvidal. I think he loses. Um and it's one of those fights that I could see I could see Masvidal winning, but he's probably gonna have to knock him out. And honestly, I think if I think if Covington won like fairly easily, I don't think I'd be surprised. If Masvidal won, I wouldn't would necessarily be surprised either. It's not like Masvidal isn't skilled. I just I just think that at this point, I think I think Covington's a better overall fighter. Um, there's also a chance. Let me look here. There's also a chance that Masvidal could be sort of, kind of on the back nine here. He hasn't looked terrific um, lately, but I, I, I think I think Covington wins, which I think kind of puts everything in a weird spot too, because Covington's now had two opportunities at title against Usman. He lost both. Um, I don't 
neither one of them are in question. One of them he got finished, so you can't question that. Yeah. Um, and not that he didn't look good. I think I think Covington could be a champion, but I just think Usman's better. And if Usman doesn't lose the belt, then how are they going to sell Covington as a number one contender coming up? Not that I think he's they're they're going to even be interested in really putting him in a title fight um, soon, but like it still puts him hanging around that top one, two, three contenders. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think it's a good fight. I think it's an interesting fight. It's a fight I want to see. Um, they don't like each other, so that's always that's always money in the bank. Guys, yep. legitimate heat between some of these guys. Um, and but I again I. I I think Covington wins, and I wouldn't be surprised if he wins pretty easily. I, uh, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I just, you know, and, and maybe it's because Masvidal's just been kind of on the back burner for so long. Um, I've, I've seen more of Covington lately, um, and know that Covington is, is, you know, he's in pretty good fight shape. Um, I. I wouldn't be surprised if Covington won. Um, and in fact, that's that's my prediction of who's gonna win. My way too early prediction would be would be Covington. Um so Asvidal, very sneaky is 37 years old. Yep. Which I know when I see it, I'm like, oh yeah, but whenever like you know, I don't ever think about it, but he's he's been around forever. Yeah, he yeah. lost Eastman uh twice in a row too, which I forgot, but he got that knockout, that last one, boy, oh, boy, that thing was rough. That dude got cracked. He hit his head on his shoulder. They had that cool picture of all the sweat in his whole entire body flinging off. Um, and we haven't seen this thing. Dude got sent in another dimension working his way back. Uh, I, I was going to say the the last time I saw Masvidal was actually on AEW television. Oh, yeah, um, show up. I forgot about that. Yeah, and – uh. I noticed he had a he had a little gray in the uh, in the hair, but that doesn't mean anything. We got a friend named Josh who's had gray in his hair since he was twenty. Um, Never not had gray hair. <laughs> I mean, I can't really say much. I got no hair, but <laughs> it ain't gray, brother. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, so I guess we'll we'll wrap up uh, MMA and boxing. Who's your favorite fighters? Currently or ever or both? Currently. Oh, boy. Well, let me start with ever. Ever is kind of a – those are just locks. I, I, I go back and forth on, on current guys because sometimes, you know, you, you, you get attached to somebody and then all of a sudden they start getting worked and the next thing you know they're yeah. retired. I was, I was a big uh, Alexander Gustafson guy for a really long time. He beat John Jones, by the way. In the first fight, um, you, you can't tell me anything differently. Um, I was a big fan of his, but then whenever he came back um, from a little bit of a hiatus, he actually retired for a while, came back to the heavyweight division, lost. It's kind of lost the luster for me. I was kind of bummed out by it. Um, I was a big fan of his for a really long time. I was a, John Jones was my favorite fighter for a really long time, but that was earlier in his career. I was, like, super hyped when he won the belt. Um and then once he kind of he kind of became my thing with Jones too is like it's fine it's not fine it's not fine that he's kind of like a real dirtbag but like with some of the stuff it's like bro just lean into it dude just be the heel like just be the bad guy 
Like, it's fine. Like, but, as long as you're not like a real life dirtbag, which he is. But like, if you're not, and it's just like, dude, just lean into it. Be the bat. You can be the bad guy. We need those. We need the bad guy. He can do. Well, that. I, I, I think, I think he has embraced that role. I think he's done it more lately. But there was a yeah. stretch where like he was trying to fight it, and it was like, brother, like we're not that dumb. Like some of us are pretty dumb, but we ain't that dumb. Yeah, because um, he, uh, he, it was when he was. It was one of the fights with. Um, with DC and DC told him, he was like, he was like, you know, uh, if you plan to show up, uh, you know, who knows you may go do, you may go do some Coke. And then John was like, I'll beat your ass after a night of doing Coke. Yeah. I do remember <laughs> that. Yeah. That was kind of around the time where he did kind of lean into it, but so, yeah, I don't know. I, so yeah, I've had kind of a, a weird relationship with John Jones and my fandom. Um, and then it's hard not to say that like Anderson is will always have a special place in my heart. I absolutely that when that when the, when he had a fight for me personally at least and 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 some other people I know, but it it was a big deal. Anderson fighting was a massive deal, and the stuff he was doing at his peak was was absolutely nuts. Um, so Anderson Junior Dos Santos was a big favorite of mine for a really long time. Um, I was bummed out when Kane absolutely rearranged my boy's face, but, um, him winning the belt was another big deal to me. Like him knocking out Kane first Fox show ever, which was a very weird moment. Cause it was a cool moment, but I remember that night very vividly. Cause I remember the show started and there was 45 minutes of just people talking and it was like, Hey man, like, is there going to be more fights on this card? Or is this the only, <laughs> and then it happened and you're like, Oh, that was the only fight, and it lasted 45 seconds, so that's very cool. Um, it was cool for me because JDS won, but I get why people were upset. So that was like a weird thing. Um, currently, I would have to say currently, probably my favorite fighter is probably Max Holloway. Holloway's an absolute stud. Dude's just like down to, to, to brawl with guys. He's super well-rounded. His striking's just like it, – it might – it very well could be the best in the world to me. Like it's, it's nuts. And again, like Holloway to me – I don't think he, he's obviously not the same type of star as Anderson, but I think he's going to be a Hall of Famer. I think he's one of the greatest ever. And when Holloway fights, to me personally, it's a big deal because the dude's good. All his fights are going to be great. And I just I, – I can't get enough of Max Holloway fights. I think currently he's probably, for the moment, unless you ask me tomorrow, then it may change. But in this very moment, I think my favorite fighter is probably Max Holloway. Um, I would say today my, my favorite fighter is probably Israel. Um, I, I love the way he fights. Um, and, and I love, I love, I love just his, his, his attitude, his swagger that he brings to it. You know, obviously, like I said, um, you know, I love the sport. I love everything about the sport. Um, but I love professional wrestling. And, you know, you'd be, you'd be lying to yourself if you said you didn't love the, the, the dramatics, the theatrics of professional wrestling. So when you get personalities like that, like, you know, like Chell and, um, you know, Connor and, and, you know, guys that guys just, just have that, that personality to them, you know, it's, it's hard for me not to like them. Um, so it was a lot of fun. His style, his style when he's on is a lot of fun to watch. He's, yeah. He, He's very skilled. Um, 
he's a, he's one of those dudes that like it, it kind of blows my mind that he's not like a bigger star. I think he's a star, but just the fact that like I don't know, man. Like I still think there's too many people in the general public that if you say Israel Adesanya, they don't know who that is. Yeah, I think that's. No, kind I, of- I I agree. Um, you know, I was I was super excited to see him move up to heavyweight. Um, you know, obviously was a little heartbroken when he lost. It's going to happen. Guys are going to lose. Um, but you know, he's, he's my favorite today. And then from past, you know, I mean, I, I know he's not retired, but, uh, but Connor is probably my, my favorite fighter from, from past. Uh-huh. You know, I just on to some affection for Connor for a really long time. Lately, I've kind of, he's kind of soured me. I, you know, for, for the longest time watching, you know, watching MMA, I never really migrated to one guy where I was like, man, I really like him. And then when Connor came in and Connor was just, you know, Connor was the first guy I'd seen people throw trash at, um, you know, and just, just draw legitimate, like, Sometimes like hateful trash at him were other fighters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, Connor, Connor and Izzy are, are my two guys. Um, you know. Connor, maybe Connor. I wouldn't be surprised if Connor wasn't done sooner than later. But who knows with that guy, man? He's all over the place. So he could, he could be, he could be a good answer for past favorite fighter. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if he fights again. I just don't. I, I think that's for sure. Yeah, I, I could see him doing some celebrity shit with, with the Pauls. Um, he loses. You know. He loses another UFC fight in pretty, in pretty simple and easy fashion. Then, who knows? I mean, the UFC will keep paying him. Dude keeps drawing. People don't care if he loses. So he'll be around as yeah. long as 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 long as he wants to. And and Dana, and he keeps bringing Dana them dollar bills. But <laughs> he, yeah, if if he hung him up today, I wouldn't be surprised. He's another weird one, but. He's all over the place. So, so we're we're about an hour and fifteen minutes in, and we are uh, we are just now um, starting uh, starting wrestling. <laughs> and uh, and and I'll be honest with you, man. I really didn't think we'd go that long talking about boxing and and, and MMA. Um, at least not like breaking down shows. Well, we get know. Long brother you know how that goes yeah (laughs) but so i I guess what you know since we already we already answered the questions of you know how how we got interested when we got interested etc i guess like the first thing to kind of jump right into it would be the state of the sport today um of professional wrestling um my my opinion is it's in a wonderful spot i don't know if it's in you know the same um spot it was in the in the 90s for sure but we have two viable companies where people can go which we didn't have for a long time unless they wanted to maybe go to like japan but even then um but to have to have the wwe and AEW both thriving and being again like viable options for guys is fantastic. I think we were probably in a slightly better spot even a year ago with because ROH closed down 
Um, the pandemic got made everything very weird where the indies have, have, have come back, but you know, they're probably not thriving exactly how they should be. Um, and then new Japan is not even running shows currently because of what's going on over there with the pandemic. But, um, I think overall, I think, I think we're in one of the better eras. I mean, the in-ring product is great if you're just looking at things like that and not worried so much about the business side. I think the in-ring product is fantastic in in all companies. Um, the talent's great. And like I said, I, to have just to even have two companies where guys can go and make a career and be successful um, that are on a national um, television station is not really something that we had seen since WCW was around. I mean, TNA obviously had was on Spike for a while, but TNA, you know, TNA's TNA. Um, so honestly, I think currently, I think we're in we're in a fantastic era of of professional wrestling, and we all clearly benefit from it because it's just great. Everything's great. Even the WWE, yeah. they do when they do things that I watch. Because obviously, like for this, I've been getting more into the product. I was detached for a little while. Um, even the bad stuff, it's like, man, it, you know, sometimes it sucks, but it's still wrestling and the talent, the matches are still fantastic. And you know, there's at least going to be a handful of things on the show that are going to be good. Um, so I think, I think, I think we're in a really wonderful era. I, I, I do too. Um, and, and I'll, I'll start off by saying that wrestling's popularity will never be what it was in the 90s. No. Never. Um, you know, uh, and, and I, don't, I don't know exactly why that is. You know, maybe the, maybe the, the culture of, of our society has changed so much um, that I don't think that wrestling could put on a product on TV to where that many people are going to sit around a TV and watch it ever again. Um, but that's not why I, that's not why I liked wrestling. Um, you know, and, and I always argue with people that I think that the 2002 to 2007 era of wrestling was better than the 1998 to 2001 era of wrestling. Right. Um, just because of why I like wrestling. Um, I, I would, I, I will agree with you. I think it is a great, uh, you know, I, I think it is great where it is. Um, but I think it could, I, th it's hard not to mention how great it could be if, if WWE wasn't doing whatever it is that they're doing, um, with, with budget cuts, um, since, uh, since last year, um, WWE's budget cuts have been 96 wrestlers, coaches, and staff, and 23 backstage and other. Um, you know, that's that's a lot of people who they've put out of work. Um, and when I, when I did budget cu budget cuts and quotations, um, it's it's hard to talk about budget cuts when you've got a company that's reported their greatest earnings. Um, ever, because obviously that's what you want to see as a company. You want to see each new year your grade, your earnings be better than they were the year prior. So obviously WWE is still having record breaking earnings. But in, but a, pan in a pandemic, doing all that stuff too, it's just rough. 
Yeah. Um, so you know, it, like it's hard to it's hard to be excited about it. It's hard to see it's hard to see guys get released and be like, okay, I'm watching I'm watching a great product be put on on an AEW, and uh, a a really good product being put on Impact. Because let's clarify, Impact is Impact is way better. Um, Impact is a thousand times better than it was when it was TNA. Right. Um, you know, and, and it doesn't get the credit it deserves. Um, you still have Japan. Um, you've got all types of different, you know, indie wrestling that have built such great momentum that they're they're on YouTube and they're on um, they're on different streaming services. So there's there's enough product out there for us all to see. And when you see guys get released from WWE and you're like, man, like, what could that guy have done if we weren't doing these budget cuts? So, um, you know, I, I agree. The it's it's super exciting to be a wrestling fan, um, just because of of all the great wrestling we are getting. Um, even WWE, you know, granted, you know, I'm uh, 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 very critical of them. Still watch it. Um, you know, edges edges putting on good matches. Um, Seth Rollins is always a solid to put on good matches. Kevin Owens. Um, so yeah, I I, I think the state of the. <laughs> And I thought you were going to mention Brock. I thought you were going to mention Brock. I was going to get hyped. Well, uh, you know, and, and, and <laughs> so so just a backstory on that. Uh, Brock was a Brock was a huge complaint of mine um, for 2015. Any anybody, if, if one person listens to this, I just want them to know right now that I don't condone anything that you're about to say. I'm all for Brock Lesnar. Uh, so B- Brock was one of my biggest complaints about, and, and not Brock, cause I like Brock, um, as Brock is Brock as a person. I love Brock Lesnar. Um, he's got some, he's got some f- phenomenal. You're talking uh, about on WWE him. character, Brock Lesnar. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I hated what WWE did with him. Um, just cause, okay, we're watching a scripted sport. Um, so, you know, so when somebody, when somebody comes to me and they're like, yeah, but Brock's a real fighter. They got to make him look like a real fighter. Like, stop. What? Like the jig is up. Like we know it's, we know it's scripted. We know it's fake. So, so for Brock to squash somebody in, in five seconds, a main event, a main event tier guy, it just, it didn't do anything for the product. Because Brock would leave for three months and then come back. So your top guy gets squashed by Lesnar and then Lesnar disappears. And then you expect us to fall. You expect us to, to follow that top guy that just got his ass stomped by Brock Lesnar. That's not, that's not on Brock Lesnar. That's on WWE's terrible booking, which I think we all can agree that WWE couldn't book, couldn't book, uh, they couldn't book a, a thing. Um, so, so Again, every single time Lesnar showed up, you know that I don't condone any of this. <laughs> so anytime Lesnar showed up, I was just like, Oh God, here we go. Here's Lesnar. Lesnar's gonna like, like, Oh God, here we go. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say when Lesnar came back, um, at SummerSlam, uh, you know, I, I wasn't watching the product like a lot. I was seeing a lot of clips of it 
And it it took me it took me a couple weeks to to be like, man, Brock Brock is kind of cool. Um, sweet dude, this I love the Brock is pretty sweet. Yeah, I uh, I love the hairstyle. I've always loved Brock's beard. Um, in fact, Brock Lesnar is the reason why I've always wanted to grow a beard. He did this UFC press conference one time, and he showed up with this big bushy beard. And the, one of the interview guys said, "Brock, what's up with the beard?" And he goes, it's hunting season. And I was just like, <laughs> I remember seeing that. And I was just like, that is, that is the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen. And Brock, ever Brock, Brock personally to me has always kind of been the man. Like, yeah. He, and, and the thing for me is like, I kind of feel the opposite. Like I, I do feel like that they should book him like a real dude. Cause he was the UFC champion. And to me, that's different. Like if it was just some guy with like a background where he was like, he trained a lot in like jujitsu. It's like, okay. Like, that's that's cool, and I think they should also lean into that. I'm a big proponent of that. Um, but like, if you wanted to do some different stuff with them, fine. But like, Brock was a real dude. So like, I think them bringing him in and having him whoop people to me was like that makes sense. And obviously, like they don't. To me, like they would he would leave for three months or whatever because I think that they knew that he was just he was a big star and they didn't want to oversaturate the character. So he leaves, they bring him back every now and then, he gets the big pop, does, you know, does the big business for him. Because as much as people, some people like don't want to believe it, like Brock is a big draw for the company when in an era where again, like we don't have a ton of massive draws. Oh yeah, Um, absolutely. And I just think that I, I think that, I think that to I think if like some of his matches to me were always structured in a way to where he would put the guy's over in a very unique different type of way because he would have like seven minute matches but in between those seven minutes there would be pretty decent chunks of them where he get tossed around and do would bump his ass off like he did he would do it for aj he'd do it for balor um but you know then you also have some moments where it's like they're booking brock against like goldberg and it's like yeah i didn't care about that but I don't know. So to me, it was kind of the opposite. Like I kind of felt like he was always booked like the way he probably should have been. But there also is a part of me that like I get the complaint. Like if you're tired of Brock or you're even kind of out on Brock and then every time he comes back, he just like wins the belt from somebody. Like I get why people would be like, hey, this sucks. Yeah. And, and you know, like and, and that's just kind of like me reverting back to the point of it's not that I it's not that I hated Brock. It's I hated the way WWE booked him. Right. Because. Because I don't have a problem with Brock winning the title and disappearing for three months. I know Austin, uh, Heyman, and a lot of people made the argument that, hey, when when Lesnar does that, it makes the championship more prestigious. Because if he's taking the title and he's and he's only coming around, you know, it just adds more more uh, glorification to the title. Okay, that's fine. So in those three months, that he's not around, let's showcase the Intercontinental Championship and let's showcase the United States Championship. You know, let's let those guys. You got it. Sometimes I, they just don't do a very good job of building up like challengers. Yeah. And, and that was the thing was, okay, if Lesnar's going to be gone with the World Championship for three or four months, then I, I want to see the Intercontinental Champion main event, main event of show. Um, I want to see them, you know, I want to see them propelled and, and shined on more. And they didn't do that. Um, 
you know, they tried it, but you can't take you can't take a championship that you've shit on for, you know, the prior year and a half and then go, oh, hey, now this is a pre- prestigious championship again. Let's push it in the main event. Like, that's just not how that works. Well, and I'm curious, too, if if you feel this way about, I think sometimes, too, because, again, the WWE was the only one in town for so long, and they have programmed people in such a way to believe, um, like, for example, like, Nobody believes when someone has a, a, a retirement match that they're going to retire. And then, granted, that's a wrestling thing. But, like, WWE, like, breaks stipulations all the time. Like, yeah. you know, like um, when, it, when someone has, a, like, a loser leaves town match, like, they come back in, like, a couple months. Like, it's not real. And that's, like, for example, like, then you have, like, AEW come along and they're trying to get people to believe in these types of things, again, that stipulations are real. Like, Cody losing the match against Jericho and never being able to challenge for the title again. Everyone just assumed like, well, that's not real. Like he's going to be the champion at some point. And so far that hasn't happened, but like people are so programmed because WWE have programmed us so much. Cause they were, again, they were the only product a lot of us were watching. So we got so stuck in that, that I'm curious if that that's why some people would get fed up when Brock would win the belt and then not defend it for like three months or be a champion for like a really long time. And Heyman's out there saying like, well, it makes the title more prestigious. I do believe that, but I just think a lot of these fans aren't like used to that. So when it happens, they're like, what's happened? Like, what is going on? Like, why isn't the champion on my show every week? When like in a lot of companies or even WWE, they didn't do that with Hogan all the time. Hogan would be champion for year, two year long stretches or whatever. And he would only defend the belt like three times a year, only on like big shows. And so it's happened, but like now they've programmed it so much, especially in the nineties, the nineties got so bad with like guys would win the title one week, they'd lose it the next week, you know, and then someone else would win it. And they were just like flipping it around and and it really, like it didn't matter. The title really didn't matter. So I'm curious if like, do you think that that maybe like that that's also kind of played a factor into like why you disliked like him winning the belt and being gone for that long? Cause we like at the time before AEW came around, we just kind of weren't used to that. No, you know, I mean, it It had to, you know, it wasn't that I was programmed to think like, hey, the champion needs to be on the, needs to be on the show every week, or hey, the belt needs to be defended, um, defended at a pay-per-view. It was just, you know, like, and, and WWE has openly admitted to us, and, and they did 15 years ago, like, hey, we're not going to give out big matches on all of our pay-per-views which doesn't make a lot of sense to me because if you pay 60 or $70 for a pay-per-view, I expect to say, I expect to see just as good of a product in February as I do in March or in October as I did in August. Um, You know, so when, when WWE, you know, openly tells us the fans that and says, Oh, Hey, by the way, we're also not going to bring, we're also not going to give you our world champion. That's fine, but she, I want I want an intercontinental championship match like like Ziggler and Miz um, were doing in the in the in the fall of 2017. You know, I want I want good intercontinental championship matches or good United States title matches main eventing those pay per views. Um, if you're not gonna if you're not gonna give me a world champion, and that's that's just how I felt about it. You still need marquee feuds. Yeah. 
And sometimes they do. And, you know, I think a lot of companies sometimes can fall into some lulls like this with the mid card. I think they have issues building those things up and making you feel like they're important and giving yeah. you like quality storylines. And WWE does that for sure. AEW has done that every now and then. There's sometimes they have some mid card stuff that's great. And then there are times when it's like, eh, you know, like this could have used a little bit more stuff. But WWE does that too. And yeah, if your champion's not going to be around, then yeah, you got to have something. Yeah. So I mean, like that was that was my biggest complaint um, uh, about Brock in the in the 2016 2017 um, years was okay. If, 2022, if you, brother, and he's rocking and a rolling for you. Yeah. Uh, like I said, man, when he, when he came back at SummerSlam, uh, you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't watching, you know, I saw the, I saw the comeback, I saw the video online and, um, you know, started, started, you know, paying attention to the videos I was seeing on Facebook of him coming out and dude, I, I love the, I love the Goro Mortal Kombat haircut <laughs> hair <laughs> <laughs> and, and the beard and, and just, you know, uh, funny. When you couple all that stuff with like just the like I just don't give a shit type of attitude. Not that he not that he gives the impression that he doesn't give a shit, but it's like he just doesn't have really that much like he just doesn't feel threatened by any opponent. Like yeah. the whole build that I you know that for him and Lashley is just like Lashley's like this dude isn't taking any of this serious and I'm taking it super serious and Lesnar is just kind of like, Yeah, man, because like I, I crush everybody. Why wouldn't I crush you too? Like, it's been the it's been the most entertaining stuff I've seen from Lesnar, um, you know, and and you know, kind of talking about before, you know, Lesnar doesn't need the championship to no, be a draw. He does. Um, you know, I, you know, there's there's the wrestling purist of me who you know wants to see good, awesome matches, um, and you know, then there's the entertaining side. That's like, hey, I want to see that match because it, it'll be entertaining. Um, you know, I I thought I thought Triple H and Sting at, at WrestleMania 31 was cool when they brought DX and the NWO out, even though the NWO made no sense for Sting. It yeah. still was cool. Yeah, it was it was still a cool thing to see. Like, oh man, like that's it's like a moment, but like in hindsight, it's like that, really yeah. didn't, like, that didn't really make a lot of sense, huh? It didn't make no, it didn't make no sense. But you know, uh, Lesnar and Goldberg. Um, I, I loved the idea of Lesnar and Goldberg. And if you want to put it in a marquee match at WrestleMania, fantastic. It doesn't need the championship. And, and I thought that was, I thought that was stupid. And it was one of the, one of the things that made me hate, you know, not hate Lesnar, but you know, a lot of my, a lot of my hate was drawn towards Lesnar. Cause it was like, why is this guy fight? You know, why are these two guys fighting for the undisputed title? When neither one of them are going to be on Raw tomorrow night, that was when that was when Goldberg um, beat Owens, right, to win yeah. the belt. And yeah. they did that. I hated that too. I just yeah. I hated ending Owens's reign like that. I thought his reign was really good and really quality. And then they just kind of and, and yeah, that food that did, in particular did not, in my view, need the belt. And they put the belt in it and. I didn't see a point. I thought the – I think – was that also the same year that Owens and Jericho had the match? Because yep. Jericho, that's how he got interrupted, right? Jericho's yep. music hit. That should have been for the title. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know uh, about WrestleMania 30-whatever. But, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we've we've talked about – we talked about the state of the sport today. 
Um, you know, and, and, and we can wholeheartedly agree that it's, it's probably in the best position it's been in, in years. It's definitely um, than it was like five years ago. Absolutely. And so WWE's budget cuts. Um, I know we, we talked a little bit about that. Um, just to kind of, just to kind of keep that going. Cause obviously that was a, that's been a big, huge story of, of 2022 and 2021. Um, like I said, 96, 96 wrestlers, coaches, and staff, and 23 backstage personalities. Um, what do you think the reason for the budget cuts are? I think it's all about the bottom line. I think that they're trying to, they always do it. At least I know that at least a couple of them have, they've always done it kind of in a weird, like a, at a weird time where you know that, the quarterly reports are coming out so they can show investors that, hey, look, we have this, you know, we've made this much money and we're, you know, it doesn't show up that they're paying Bray Wyatt one point whatever million dollars a year because they cut him and it just looks better for the investors. I think that they do it for those reasons. Um, I think some of them are, I think this last batch was for almost like a, same reason, but I think it also had other reasons. I think a lot of it had to do with like the old way of NXT. Um, and but I think for the most part, it's all about it's all about the bottom line and then making record profits and and that's it. Because if if they really wanted to cut guys that they just thought like, oh, you know, whatever, we're not using this guy, we want to cut him, then why wouldn't they cut Brian Kendrick? Makes no sense. Why wouldn't they cut? Ali, who they haven't used in like two months. Like, yeah. So, um, so obviously, you and I both we uh, we are subscribers to Fightful Select. Um, we we both pay attention to Sean Ross Sap. Um, and you know, I I said it, I said it, you know, before I knew Sean Ross said it, and that was when when companies want to sell. They start liquidating assets, assets that they don't, that they have no use for at all. Um, and when I see 96 wrestlers released, that tells me you never had, or that you didn't, you didn't have any hope to use them. You didn't want to use them. And it's going to look really good when you're appealing to be bought by whether it's ESPN, Fox, NBC, no matter who the buyer is. Um, but I think in the next two to three years, I think WWE is going to sell. Um, and just kind of piggybacking off of that. Do you think the, do you think the company will look different in two or three years? I think it'll look different for sure. Um, I'm in the mode of if it sold, I wouldn't be super surprised. It wouldn't like shock me just because the rumors have been swirling. But like there is a part of me that like I can't help but to be like if it were to happen to be at least a little, a little, a little shocked, I guess. I not again, not fully because because we kind of know like it's in the ether. It's not like this is coming out of left field if it were to happen. No, that, that I mean, that's that's what gives. It's so insane to think that Vince would give it up. But it's only because, again, we're programmed to only know that world with him at the helm. So I don't know. It's just, and you know, there's been quotes, which, you know, you can always take them with a grain of salt or whatever, but I know that Nick Khan came out recently and said that we're not selling. Like, I don't know where this is coming from, 
but like it's pretty clear where it's coming from like they've released a lot of dudes during a pandemic yeah. and they've and you know then like you've also had the mcmahon's like give up stock and stuff like there's different you know there's stuff going on for sure but at the same time like it's one of those things that like it's just so hard to wrap my brain around vince not being in control that i'll kind of believe it when i see it yeah well you know so i mean we we know these things from looking at past business acquisitions um <clears throat> you know they say it's a budget cut so here's what we're doing we have all of this we have the wwe trademark we have the wwe content library which we know includes includes years decades of other companies content WCW and there i think yeah. evolves in there um awa um all that stuff yeah uh, you know all the stuff that was on the network that you could go back you can still watch on peacock now um you know the the content is the content is there they could at some point even include roh stuff if they were to yeah. buy them. if it's so available, we don't even know that so that's what's appealing to somebody like ESPN, Fox, NBC. What's not appealing is having to run a wrestling company when you've never ran a wrestling company before. So in order to take care of that, you get rid of, you get rid of a lot of stuff that you don't plan on using. Call it a budget cut to liquidate assets. So then the thing that is most appealing for somebody to buy the content doesn't come with the maintenance of running a wrestling company, a big wrestling company. Um, so, you know, th these are things that, these are things that companies do businesses have done in the past. That's why everybody looks at it and goes, okay, you can say you're not looking to sell, but your actions say otherwise. Plus we know that before the, before COVID hit they were looking to strike a deal. Um, they almost, they almost, they were like in the final stages of striking a deal to sell. Um, you know, they've, they've wanted to sell for a past few years. So acting like all of a sudden, Hey, we're not going to sell, but we're, we're liquidating all these things just says, you know, that I, they're, they're just trying to get their shareholders to believe something else. Um, and like you said, the biggest main factor is, is when, when the owner, the owner's daughter, who is who is a part of the company, and her husband are a part of the company, and they sell they sell their shares or the majority of their shares, that's a huge red flag too. Um, and and some of it some of it has to be like them letting their them letting their contracts expire, like talent wise, um, and not paying attention to it. Yeah. Um, the whole thing was very weird it's like sense to me but cold yeah. didn't you <laughs> yeah uh adam cole and daniel bryan like uh i know adam cole uh, adam cole for sure i, I can't remember if if, it, if exactly about brian they actually pushed super hard to get him to stay um yeah that i had read was i mean obviously there was the weird which is like a blip on the radar now but it got real weird for like a week that they were trying to strike that deal with new japan and most think that that was only to appease Brian because he wants, you know, he wants to do stuff over there. And, 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 and that's always been like a dream of his. And he, and they knew that AEW could offer that. 
Um, yeah. Which was like, again, it was such like a weird thing when that got announced because all of a sudden it was like WWE's trying to work with, trying to strike a deal with New Japan, which would have affected everybody else. I mean, because there's no way that they would have allowed them to also still work with Impact, also still work with AEW or whatever. Um, but so the Brian thing, I know that they, from what I've read, that they tried really, really, really hard to get him to stay. And it wasn't until pretty, not not super late in the game, but they were pretty confident he was coming back. Like, from what I read is they actually had long-term plans written out for him. Because they were like, we got he's coming back. It's just a matter of when. And they had things ready to go. And then all of a sudden it kind of came down the pike that um, – he's actually probably going elsewhere. Yeah. And, you know, just to kind of, just to kind of take a step back and, and go back to the budget cut thing. When, when you've got wrestlers who, who are asking for their releases and you're not giving it to them, you know, you mentioned earlier about Brian Kendrick. Um, you know, Brian Kendrick hasn't wrestled on TV since October of 2020. I didn't even had, the company until I saw that report the other day. Yeah. Um, so, and he's asked for his release and they've denied him his release. Same thing with uh, Mustafa Ali. They've denied him his release. So it, if you're telling us that these are just about budget cuts um, and guys are asking for their release, it's kind of contradictory. Don't, wouldn't you say? I mean, if I worked for you, and, you know, if everybody in our group chat worked for Seth and Seth fired five of us for budget reasons, and I came to you and said, hey, I want to leave. And you said, no, nah, I'm not going to let you. That's kind of contradictory, right? Especially when you're not using me. If you don't put me on the schedule and you don't use me and I ask for my release, you don't give it to me. It just doesn't fit with the narrative of it's a budget cut. Especially when they had they have now, I mean, not everybody that they released were just guys they weren't even using, you know? Like, Braun was being yeah. used. Bray was being used. I mean, Bray had been kind of off and on at television at that point, but he had just had a WrestleMania match. Yeah. Like, it wasn't that long after that he got released. So it's not like that they're just, which, you know, those they could always point to, like, well, they were making huge money and, Maybe they thought it wasn't worth it, but Bray was like either their number one or like very close to their number one like merch seller. He was making bank for that company, and they yeah. still released him. So, um, yeah, I think it does. It definitely contradicts itself. The Mustafa Ali thing is kind of weird too, because you know there's the the stories of him and Vince getting into it because Vince had allegedly pitched him some sort of idea that we don't know what it is at this point, but it had made him very upset they had gotten into an argument and basically mustafa ali hasn't really been on television since because in the report which i'm which you know we've both seen that basically basically he was only supposed to be given a week off for paternity leave and then he's been gone for weeks and so people just thought he had asked for more time and that may not even be the case so the Mustafa Ali thing's kind of strange, and I don't know if they see something in him that maybe they just haven't really like put out on television yet, because it really seems like they they kind of don't. Even though I've read things that a bunch of people that 
a bunch of wrestlers that work for that company want to work with him. And they think he's very good. Yeah, and, Mustafa Ali is is excellent. He's phenomenal. Um, maybe, and sometimes that doesn't even matter with Vince. Yeah, of course. You know, we've seen we've seen, you know, I've I've you and I have watched uh, guys come from 205 Live into AEW, and I'm like, this guy's awesome. And you're like, yeah, I haven't seen much of them. Yeah, look you didn't see Pac. much of them because WWE didn't showcase showcase yeah. them. Look at Pack. I mean, look at I mean, even look at Daniel Bryan. I mean, he eventually got a big push or whatever, but yeah. it took a while. I mean, even Punk yeah. when they finally made Punk champion, Punk was still on every pay per view. He's still wrestling in the middle of the show. Yeah, um, you know, and Mustafa Ali. Uh, you know, I know you've read it as well. The the money in the bank ladder match that Lesnar just showed up and climbed up the ladder and grabbed the briefcase. The original, yeah. The, the original idea was Mustafa Ali was supposed to win that. So obviously somebody in the company saw something in Mustafa Ali to say, yeah, we're going to make him money in the bank, uh, money in the bank champ or money in the bank winner. Um, you know, and obviously changed it last minute, whatever. Um, you know, last, last, last minute changes down to the 32nd time slot, uh, is something that they do quite a bit over at WWE, but, um, you know, so obviously there's, there was something there now, obviously that was a, a few years ago, but there was still something that WWE saw Mustafa Ali to say, okay, we're going to make him money in the bank winner, um, which eventually he'll compete for a title. Um, and, and, and they never did it. They never reverted back to it for whatever reason. Unless you're Otis. Um, yeah. Otis, <laughs> I, he never, he never challenged for the belt, did he? No, he, he lost, he lost. lost the, he lost the briefcase to Miz who won the belt for a week or two weeks and then lost and he then lost. dropped it to Lashley. Yeah. I lost it right back. Yeah. Yep. I, yeah. That's right. So, uh, I, I like just kind of transitioning into our our next our next bullet point on on wrestling, um, the 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 dissection of the NXT Black and Gold. Um, you know, I know Mustafa Ali didn't come from from NXT. You know, he was he was a two hundred five live guy, um, but you know, kind of like guys like Mustafa Ali who were who were extremely talented not big, um, you know, kind of like what they had in NXT black and gold, uh, that they've dubbed it, um, is, is kind of pushing him to the side, kind of that idea of, of, Hey, we're, we're not, we're not going towards that anymore. We're sticking more to, you know, what, what we like, what Vince and Bruce likes more than, you know, what, the the prototype that Mustafa Ali and NXT Black and Gold was with the Adam Coles, the uh, you know the Mustafa Ali's, the Cedric Cedric Alexander's. Gargano was probably doomed. Well, well, who knows? Maybe he goes back, but like he was doomed to be there. Champ has wrestled a little bit lately on like dark matches and stuff on the main show, but. He went. He went back to. He went back to NXT 2.0 to to okay. back up Braun Breaker. Yeah. Um. I think with the NXT stuff, I think yeah, I think they're basically just going back to what Vince thinks sells, which is big guys. You don't even necessarily have to be a wrestler. You just have to be an athlete 
and you have to be big and you have to have a big physique physique and you have to be taller and that's what he thinks works now the the silly thing is is that the prime example is that aw is a viable company who are drawing very good ratings and are challenging them in the 18 to 49 demo and actually have beaten them a couple times and they're uh, against raw and they do it with smaller guys and it seems to be working just fine um but I also just think that I think that Vince thinks, um, and sort of it kind of is, to be honest. I mean, as great as it was and as much as we liked it, I think he views NXT as kind of a failure because NXT was put on national television to directly compete and beat and hurt AEW, and they didn't do that. They only won one week in the demo or in the whatever it was, and it was, and it was a show headlined by Cole. Tony Khan has said that, and now Cole's in the other company. So... Um, I think he sees it as a failure. I mean, people tend to tend to not look at things properly all the time sometimes, you know, people in the Twitter sphere and all that shit. But NXT was moved there to directly compete with AEW, and they even put them two weeks ahead of when AEW debuted to make it seem like they were there first. And they weren't. But and since they did all this stuff and put everything up against AEW with one goal to beat them and they didn't do it and they failed and AEW beat beat NXT and basically virtually made them move to a completely different night because that's the only reason it's on on Tuesdays um I think Vince sees it as okay well that didn't work um also the whole idea even before AEW came to was that ironically um Triple H had saw had seen the success of of ROH and what they were doing with the Bucks and Cody and all that stuff, and he came up with the idea that we could do that here with NXT and basically focus on similar talent or ROH talent, which is the case with some of these guys. I mean, he brought over Cole and all those guys were from you know the ROH stuff, and we could basically do that here, but with WWE backing. And they even had gone as far as to run some of the exact same arenas that ROH had ran. And actually, like sometimes their biggest competition for NXT was ROH before it was in AEW. And he had taken all that stuff and came up with this idea and had basically changed, hey, we're going to do things different here. And we're going to focus on the development of developmental talent here. And then AEW came about and they became direct competition because Vince saw them as a way to hurt them. And again, they lost. So now I think we're to the point where Vince is like, okay, well that didn't work. So now we got to change it. And that's, I think that that also goes into, I mentioned earlier about how the last round of budget cuts was, I thought was a little different. Well, they got rid of a lot of triple H's guys. Yep. So I think he, I think he's scrubbing the slate completely clean and really 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 just starting over with this new version even though there are so, some some leftovers still there but they're not huge focuses and clearly they're going in a completely different direction and i think that that's the main reason why why they tore it all down and they tore it all down it's not even so much that they tore it down necessarily and they went with this big guy mentality because that's fence i mean we all know that it's the fact that they did it so fast yeah now it's just gone um, yeah, there's there's nothing nothing left. Um, there is there is a few guys. They're doing the Dusty Cup. Um, that's that's interesting. 
Um, right. You know, Champa, Champa still there. Um, but other than that, I mean, it is they have complete. They have completely dissected the black and gold version of NXT. Um, and, and I read this article, and I don't remember who the article was from because uh, I'd love to credit them. But you know, I'll I'll post it on Twitter later. But um, the article that mentioned about like hunters give a damn, like like when when NXT lost to AEW, uh, there was. You know, a guy had mentioned, you know, hey, like maybe Vince set Triple H down and said, hey, you're done and it's over because it wasn't until after that that Hunter Hunter took time off, um, you know, and they interviewed uh, Sean Ross Sapp, uh, interviewed Sean Michaels. And and Sean said that Hunter has been spending a lot of time at home with his kids, being a dad, stuff like that. He sold those shares. Now, of course, the other guys, you know, other, you know, his wife and. Vince and Shane and all them sold their shares, sold a lot of their shares, not all of them, but a lot of their shares in WWE. But, you know, Hunter just kind of has taken a step back because I think maybe maybe he knew, like, hey, the, like this is over. Um, you know, maybe he agrees with it. Maybe he doesn't. Who knows? But, you know, I uh, I just thought that was interesting that they pointed all that stuff out that, you know, hey, like he's he's spending more time at home. He's doing more of this. Um, and he's kind of, kind of slowly letting go of of Triple H and becoming more of Paul Levesque. Um, I'm curious if he's also kind of realizing too that like, I'm sure he had an, I'm sure he had at least like a feeling at some point, probably for a long period of time that at some point like I'm going to be running the big show. Yeah, and I'm kind of curious if he feels now, after what happened and Vince. Vince sees that what he was working with, like in his eyes, didn't work. Um, that maybe that's also why he's trying to detach a little bit. Maybe he just realizes, like, hey, this isn't going to happen. Yeah. No, I, 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 I mean, obviously, we don't know. Um, we'll, we'll never know. But I mean, you can look at you can look at certain things and be like, yeah, I could see that. And most definitely, I, I thousand percent agree with you. I think that. I think when Vince announced that uh, when Vince demoted him and then Vince announced that he was bringing in Nick Khan, I think that was kind of like Triple H's eye opening moment where he's like, okay, maybe I'm not going to be at the head of the table um, in 10 or 15 years. So, and, and then he was like, okay, I'm going to revert all my effort and my focus to NXT um, and do what I can there. And then when they, when they pulled that out from under him, he's just kind of like, all right, I'm going to go be Paul Levesque. It could I'm gonna be. Go be. I'm going to go be a husband and I'm going to go be a dad. And, and you know. Well, especially, if, you know, he had that, that's that heart scare, which, yeah. you know, I don't think anyone knows like a ton of details about. I've saw that it may have been like a pretty, you know, some people think it may have been a bigger issue than was kind of let on. And if that was the case, then obviously like maybe kind of, you know, slowing down and. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, like I said, we 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 don't know, but I I can tell you that you know things like that will I will open your eyes. I mean, you know, it knock on wood, life can end at any moment, and when you have something that kills a lot of people, a stroke, a heart attack, and you survive from it, you know, you you do a little bit of soul searching and say, okay, what am I doing, and what do I want to do? Um, you know, so that probably has a lot to do with him spending a lot of time at home. 
Um, you know, like I said, we don't know. It, we can make assumptions. Um, I, I will tell you that one of Triple H's biggest projects in NXT, um, him and Sean were, because Sean was helping run NXT UK. Triple H was running NXT Black and Gold. Um, one of their biggest projects and one of their uh, their biggest things that they were proud of was Walter. Um, the artist and, known as. <laughs> and uh, Walter has made uh, Walter has made quite the quite the buzz lately. Um, so for for those that don't know, if you've been living under a rock. Walter um, was rebranded as Gunther, um, mm-hmm. and the trademark. You say it right. It's as Gunther. Gunther, yeah. <laughs> um, and the the name that was originally trademarked was traced back to a um, a fighter pilot by the name of Gunther something something. Stark. Whatever. I think the last name was Stark. Yeah, Gunther Stark, um, who was a Nazi pilot. Um, back in the world war, um, which, it, which doesn't, doesn't bode well for, uh, the look that WWE was going for because Gunther is Austrian. Um, and, uh, uh, sense. huh? It makes zero. It makes the, the, the whole thing is frustrating. So, you know, and, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to connect, I'm going to connect this conversation to a, to a couple or to the conversations that we've had. Um, just a few minutes ago. So they, they rebrand him, but the original trademark was for Gunther Stark, Gunther Stark, Nazi, um, pilot, world war two. Uh, Walter is Austrian. Adolf Hitler was Austrian. So it's just not a, it's not a good look for a big Austrian to walk around on, on TV with the name of a, of a Nazi pilot. Um, I know I've seen on listen guy, if you, if you think like the, the wrestling, the wrestling community on Twitter is wild. Um, <laughs> wait till you join TikTok. I mean, it is nuts. Um, <laughs> I've seen guys, I've watched guys that are like, I'm, I'm a third African American. And I can tell you that you guys are all reaching when you say that there was any connection here between, uh, between a Nazi and Walter, like, yeah, oh, we get that. I don't think anybody in the company did it on purpose. But when I look back at what we talked about with WWE letting contracts expire, um, you know, they let Big Show's contract expire. Um, they let Adam Cole's contract expire. You know, Big Show's not a big deal. But Adam Cole, like, they didn't even know. Nobody in the company, like, it was just brought up like, oh, hey, like, Adam Cole's contracts expiring in days. And they were like, Oh shit. Like maybe we should, maybe we should try and do something to rework this. Um, the lack of communication, the lack of leadership, the lack of, you know, like this is a billion dollar company and you're telling me that nobody on that legal team that, that works with the federal, the federal government on copyrights said, Oh, hey, by the way, Gunther Stark is a Nazi. We probably shouldn't, we probably oh, shouldn't trademark like that name. Search. Yeah. That now, it. yeah, a Google search. I mean, you know, um, and you know, and I, I, I joked about it in our, uh, I joked about it in, in our chat on Messenger about how, uh, 
about how now, you know, we're talking about the same company that when they first br brought Heidenreich in, they wanted Heidenreich to be a, a frozen, a frozen Nazi soldier, super soldier, um, who was on unthawed years later. Um, and it, it's actually supposedly whoever brought that up to Vince too. Like even Vince was like, what the fuck, pal? Yeah. <laughs> and Vince fired him. And, uh, funny, it, it was funny. I read that, uh, uh, this was, this was on Sean Ross Sapp. Uh, he mentioned that that guy, as soon as he brought that idea to Vince, Vince was like, that's horrible. You're fired. And then a few years later, WWE worked with him, uh, because that guy wrote, see no evil. That starred King. That's hilarious. <laughs> that's um, so, you know, like I said, just to kind of connect the Walter and Gunther thing. Um, and it's just weird how they how they did it. Like, if you're gonna bring Walter from NXT to Raw or SmackDown and change his name, fine. But he just he won the match no. and then grabbed the I'm microphone and yeah, just don't like, do just, it. Yeah, just grabbed the microphone and was like, the winner of the match is Gunther. Okay, well, that's, did, you, that's did you see that this week he explained why he changed his name? Yes, and did you notice? That they they did the promo in German, uh, they did. <laughs> Honestly, like it was kind of a good promo. Like it was kind of good. I kind of it liked, it. but the, like the explanation's dumb. Yeah, it's like oh, I was named after my grandfather and blah blah blah, and now I need like a new. I I, I need like a fresh start, so I'm changing my name. Yeah. Who the fuck was that? <laughs> you know, <laughs> needed a fresh start and fucking changed their name, like completely. It makes no yeah. sense. It just it makes no sense. It's stupid. It feels like they're trying to patch over something when they just shouldn't have done it. Or at least come up with like a different name, but they're like, fuck, we already trademarked it. Like, what are we gonna do? It's like, well, we'll just call him only Gunther then. That's dumb. Just call him Walter. Why can't we just call him Walter? I'm gonna call him Walter. I, I am too. I have I have no intentions on calling him Gunther at all. Um, just because I don't even like the name Gunther. Uh no, Walter's better. And, and Walter, Walter was, was hands down my, you know, I, I love NXT UK. Um, absolutely this, this love it. How long winded we are. I have to travel because I have to plug this in. <laughs> yeah. my, my laptop's currently dying and now I have to move. Yeah, man, you, 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 uh, I, I should have been able to tell. Um, I should have been able to tell you that you'll you'll need a charger for this type of thing. That's right. We're good. So for so for people who um, who are going to listen to this, just to let you know, Seth is uh, not the most technically um, advanced person. He's having he's having trouble working. A, he's having trouble working a MacBook. I didn't have trouble with this. It's just the chargers in a, is in a different area of my apartment. <laughs> so um kind of kind of moving off of uh of wwe um because we've spent the whole time we've talked about wrestling talking about wwe um and understandable they're the biggest company um did you watch wrestle kingdom i did i didn't watch all the matches but i watched the key ones i didn't watch night three i think there's an issue with them doing three nights kind of it's too much um, as interested as I kind of was with that whole night three stuff, um, I just 
at that point, it was like I, that whole week was kind of nuts. It was like a lot of wrestling that whole week. And having that around the same time, which is no, no fault of their own. I mean, it's a different country or whatever. And they're, you know, they don't care. But um, like Dynamite was on. Stuff. So I never got around to watching night stuff on uh, night one and two. Yeah, because I mean, they had a there was a big week that week. It was like uh, Dynamite moving to TBS. Uh, yeah, and then it was like, um, and then obviously like uh, SmackDown was on on Friday. Rampage is on, and I want to say there was like a UFC card or something, maybe like that Saturday, yeah. it was like something else. And it was just like it was so jam packed that it was just like, dude, like I, it, you got to get a break at some point. Yeah, uh, and 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 I did the same thing, like. Cause I remember you at, cause I, I bugged you about it last year. And then this year you were like, yo, have you watched wrestle kingdom? And I was like, man, I have not. And you were like, I jumped on it pretty, but you know, that, at that, at that point, like I had, I had some free time and I did, I jumped on it. At least watched like the main matches. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was overall a good show. I mean, obviously not their best one. Um, you know, uh, it, it was, it was very different to see really bad with some of their stuff. And I think the booking's not as good as it was like three years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and you could tell the, like the pandemic has definitely, definitely taken its toll on, on what they're doing over there. So, um, it was quality though. Like, I mean, they don't, you know, the top matches oh, were good. Oh, hands down. Um, you know, uh, they're, I mean, yeah, the, the top matches weren't as good as what they usually are, but I mean, they were still good matches. I think um, probably Okada Osprey from night two is probably going to be. It's so early in the year, though. I mean, you don't know what's to come, but like, I, I assume that'll probably be up for like match of the year. I think Okada and Shingo would be up for match of the year. Um, although that was a little. It depends on what your preference is. I think Shingo, honestly, I think he's in the conversation for best wrestler in the world. I think he's fantastic. Um, and that match was a little bit of a slow build, but once it picked up, it was it was pretty great, and then Okada Osprey was just like a sprint from beginning to end, and there was a lot of pretty innovative moves. Um, the one that I think sticks out to me is the is Okada going for the Rainmaker, and he flipped it into a Spanish Fly. Yep, which was absolutely insane. Um, so I think like those are clearly like the highlights. And then, you know, I, I thought for me, I thought the Tanahashi Kinta match was really good. I thought the finish was fantastic. There were moments in that match though, where it was like, you know, clearly these guys don't like, they don't do these matches a lot over there. So it's like, it's hard to, like it took them forever to like set up ladders and stuff like that. So there was like some lulls in the match, but overall it was really good. Kinta getting fucking busted open and then getting put through that table and then like him hitting and going down the table and like smearing the blood on the table was just like a pretty incredible visual um so it's like those three matches um i thought i thought show and yo was like fine i thought it was pretty good but like i thought it was going to be slightly better um I think that was like mainly it that were like the main highlights that I really, really remember. There was a lot of like multi-man matches that are always like fun, but yeah, they do a, they do a lot of the multi-man, like the gimmick matches that are, you know, kind of like comedic 
Especially um, with back nights because they'll, they'll do things where like you know it's like a preview of what's to come. Yeah. Um. I, I like I said I thought it was overall good. I mean it wasn't you know it wasn't as as hyped as it was you know two or three years ago. Um. Like you said I, I believe a lot of that has to do with the pandemic. Um. You know I. I'm I'm surprised that they're even still able to to run a show, um, that they ran shows, um, in the pandemic. I'm mean, gonna we're kind of they they well now they're they're like shut down again for a little while. Yeah. I know they canceled like the remaining shows I think for the rest of the month. So yeah, um, kind of kind of transition into ROH. Um, ROH announced at the at the end of last year or towards the end of last year that they were filing for bankruptcy. Um, they were going to be taking a break. Um, and I, I've seen a lot of stuff like, are they, um, and, and I've just been so busy, um, been so busy with my chiefs podcast. I've been busy with work, been busy with family, the holidays, and then right. busy trying to, trying to catch up on, on WWE stuff for this podcast. Um, are they, are they up and running? They're not running. Um, final battle. I think it was. I think the date was like December 11th. I think that was yeah. the final show. Um, they're on. They're what they're calling is a hiatus. Um, I was researching stuff before. Obviously, we did this, and from what from my understanding is basically like what they're doing is they're not going to come back until April, and I believe their first show is the Super Card of Honor. I believe it's on April 1st, and I the plan at least from what I read is that they're using basically like free agents to fill out their shows. I don't know really what that means. I don't know if they're still going to do like a weekly show. Are they just going to do like pay-per-view cards and try to have like, you know, like bigger indie talent there. Um, They're also scrapping all of their titles except their world title, their women's title and the tag titles. And they gave, all those guys, I'm assuming that like they probably have to still talk to like because they kept the office in place. Like if the same people are still running the office, they're still going to book the shows. So they still clearly have plans to run. Um, and uh, I don't know, I don't know how it works, but I know that their their champions could basically defend the titles anywhere they want. They've given them permission to do that. Um, and then I think with the caveat, like basically the deal is like. Like, say Jonathan Gresham, like, showed up on Dynamite and did whatever, and he's the world champion, and he was like, hey, I'm going to defend the, the, the ROH world title against whoever. We'll say, like, Orange Cassidy. He has that match. He wins, whatever. I think ROH then will get that match as part of, like, their library. Like, AEW will too, but I think that that's, like, part of the thing. It's like it becomes also part of, like, their catalog. Um. But I don't really know how that works either because the last I had read was that it had been reported by Sports Illustrated that basically the ROH library was going to go up to the highest bidder. But at that time, which I haven't heard anything since, I want to say this was like back in like November maybe that I was reading this. It was, I think it was in the Observer. Um, or no, I think it was Sean Ron Sapp that was actually reporting that AEW and WWE had claimed that they had no knowledge of it being available. So whether it is or isn't, I guess we don't really know. But um, but yeah, basically, 
as far as I know right now, their plan is to still is, I mean, they're still going to run in April with the first car on the first and it's going to be, but the weird thing was, is I think what threw people off is they were, everyone was curious when they announced this, it's like they're rebranding. So are they going to be called something completely different? Are they still going to be ring of honor? Are they still going to have like the same style of like rules? Like what are they doing? Well, well, we'll cut my... when they announced Supercar of Honor, though, it had the ROH logo. Yeah, and when um, what caught my eye, you know, obviously Jay Lethal shows up on uh, on AEW, um, and then you get uh, and then you get um, Mike Bennett and uh, Maria and the, the three or four other people show up on Impact, um, and they're actually carrying the you know the the Ring of Honor name. Um, and then Ring of Honor announced that they're doing a Hall of Fame. And so I was like, okay, so if they're doing a Hall of Fame, uh, I mean, are they are they already? Because usually most of the time, um, like I said, in the business world, when a company files for bankruptcy, um, there's, there's not a whole lot to come back from. Um, now, I'm not 100% sure if ROH did file for bankruptcy. Um, I don't think they did. I think what really killed them, because what... I- Again, like I in preparing for this specifically, what had really, really a lot of this started to hurt them a lot when obviously like the Bucks and Cody left. Yeah. Um, and that really hurt them a lot because they were doing, for ROH, they were doing like record business. And honestly, like what's, what's very odd about the whole thing is their actual peak actually came after their downfall started, which is really weird. But Cody and the Bucks had already left. But ROH's peak was probably when they sold out Madison Square Garden, but that was after they were already gone. But they had sold tickets when they were still there, and they didn't know that they weren't going to be there. They didn't know like what was really going on. I think they probably assumed like, well, you know, if it, you know, whatever happens, like we'll still work with them in some capacity. But then ROH got obviously upset about the All In thing, how it springboarded um, a lot of like the AEW stuff, and they had felt used. So. Because I, I remember a lot of people when AEW started, they assumed like, well, they'll have a working relationship with Ring of Honor. Yeah. And they didn't because Ring of Honor was very pissed. Um, yeah. But basically, like, that was the start, and they had lost, like, their big stars. I, I, I'd read that the Bucks actually, because they were, doing so, they were doing so well there, that they had actually brokered the first, like, the highest guaranteed contracts in ROH history, which they were both guaranteed 80, 80 grand per year. Plus, they were getting whatever they made in merchandise sales, which was huge. And so I know like all that stuff happened, and then they had lost like big stars. Uh, I was going to say the the speaking out movement um, knocked knocked a couple of their guys out too. Sure, Um, lethal was one of them. Um, but yeah, it, 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 it had hurt some stuff. The, the Marty scroll thing that, that happened a little bit later. Cause he got put on, you know, he got signed to a pretty big deal and then he got put on as like head booker. Yeah. And then that happened. So they kind of had to remove him and now he's not even with the company anymore. Yeah. Um, but what really, really, really hurt them was the pandemic more than everyone else because they had actually, and, it, and it's pretty sad really, because they were like pretty much one of the only companies that actually ran safely. Like they had told everyone, hey, we're not coming back until it's till it's safe. And so they didn't run shows. They still paid talent the entire time. They didn't cut anybody. And even talent 
that had agreed to before the shutdown had agreed to make appearances for them, they paid them. So they were basically losing money. And then on top of that, like they weren't running any shows and that really killed them. And, and they were the only ones who actually ran safe while AEW and WWE got to run because Florida basically let them do whatever they want. Yeah. So they ran, even though AEW did tests, like they still essential business. Right. Which is, you know, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, so so they got hurt really badly from that, and I think eventually they basically just decided like we can't, we're not vi- we're not viable anymore. We can't really do this during these times, and I think that that's what really crushed them. So they made the decision to whatever they're doing, rebrand, re reimagine. I don't I don't think anyone fully knows what is going to come in April. It could be something really cool, um, but. Also, like, it's another thing that kind of sucks because ROH, when we were talking about how good the business is doing currently, like, ROH was one of the options. It's not anymore. But, the, you know, and they basically, they also basically just released everybody, which is pretty crazy. But they basically yeah. just let everybody go and pretty much let them work wherever they wanted immediately. And that's why guys like Jay Lethal was showing up. That's why, um, like, I think Brody King could have. Maybe I'm not really sure about that because he didn't show up till after the year turned over. Um, and like the Briscoes were already doing stuff other places. Um, so yeah, I mean, they basically just decided, Hey, we're just going to let everybody go. And as far as I know, I think once they come back, it's just going to be like free agents and stuff, which could make the cards really thin. It could make them really, really good depending on how it works. I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe now because it's a reimagined thing, maybe AEW's like, Hey, you want John Moxley for a main event of this yeah. random card or whatever? Well, and, and you know, like I, I think that speaks volumes uh, about what what Tony's doing over there, because Tony's not afraid to Tony's not afraid to open a door and be like, hey, you know, like here's here's so and so. Let me borrow. Let me borrow so and so. You know, as as a kind of way to to keep that keep that interesting. I think um, this too that that this that's a good way to keep, keep your talent happy i mean let them, do yeah. more, let them have more options and let them do kind of whatever they want i mean obviously there's, there's certainly some limitations but well yeah not not just talent but i mean just fans in general um you know that's I what mean, we all really benefit from tony basically being like a like a super fan yeah it's like he's just like hey you know it would be sweet if we did this and it's yeah. like yeah let's do it because it's cool yeah, and that, that's a that's a huge part of of him being like a nerd, uh, a yeah. wrestling nerd. Is you know, he he kind of sees that that same thing that we see and says, "Hey, like I can do this." So, mm-hmm. um, which brings me to our, our next point: AEW. Um, their first two years, they have four shows, um, and they are fully loaded. Um, how would you grade their first two years? I'd say it's hard not to grade it like an A. I mean, I think that they had a, an absolutely insane run when they picked up Punk and Danielson and like that whole whatever that was. It was like a it was like that that whole summer it was like a 3 month stretch of like it felt like every show was just nuts. That was pretty crazy. Um I think them just being like a a company that's making money is insane. Like no one thought that was going to happen. Um, the ratings have been a massive success. Um, they got a brand new TV deal already. 
that happened whatever it was like four months into their existence i assume that the next tv deal is probably going to be pretty large um i mean like the nhl tv deal was very big and the nhl doesn't draw absolutely terrific ratings seems like live sports just sell to these to these networks so i assume that that but you know that's a that's a that's obviously not in the first couple of years like you asked, but I mean, that's probably on the horizon at some point. Um, and then they signed some pretty massive dudes. I mean, they got punk out of retirement. Danielson's a very big deal. Even getting Moxley at the very beginning, um, their pay-per-view numbers have only gone up and they've only, you know, they broke records with the all out pay-per-view, the last one. Um, and before that they had broken records with the revolution one. Um, so and just the fact that they've established themselves as like a real threat in this weird world where there hasn't been a lot of threats in 20 years i think it's hard not to grade it an a even if you don't necessarily even like like if you're just looking at it from like a business standpoint and don't even really like what they put on television it's like how could you not say that they're doing fantastic unless you're being disingenuous yeah um, you know, and, and you're going to find a lot of that. And, you know, I, I, I've cracked on, I've cracked on the other company. Um, you know, and, and I've, I've told myself, you know, like, Hey, when, when I do this, I want I don't want to be so one-sided. Um, but you know, this is, this is the first episode. This is introduction. This is me talking about, you know, this is us talking about, you know, like, Hey, where we stand, what we like, what we don't like. Um, and if I had to grade it, man, I'm grading it an A plus, um, you know, I, you know, I'll reiterate again and emphasize on the fact that I like storytelling, um, whether it's no matter where it's at, whether it's in live sports, whether it's in wrestling, whether it's in, you know, fighting TV shows, no matter what it is, I love storytelling. Um, and I feel like, that I get a better payoff from a story that AEW has done than any other wrestling company. Um, you know, that I know that if they start something, they're going to finish something. Um, you know, and if you've, uh, you know, I've listened to Tony and Conrad's podcast. Um, and, you know, they've mentioned, you know, the ideal match where they've talked to Cody before and Cody, you know, everybody talks about the ideal match length is 15 to 18 minutes. Um, and you know, they've been able to do that and make good matches that way and tell good stories. Um, you know, I, I don't feel like, I don't feel like the talent goes wasted. Um, you know, that's why I get hyped up when I see guys like Tony Nese and Leo rush come to AEW, And it's like, you know, some people will be like, Oh, well, I saw them in WWE and, they weren't they weren't worth a damn. Well, you're wrong. They're worth they're worth a lot. You just didn't see what they were capable of over here, but you're gonna see what they're capable of on, on AEW. For sure. Yeah. Um they're they're giving room to work, they're giving room uh you know, it's it's just a it's a breath of fresh air to see to see the talent taken care of. Um and let the talent do what they're supposed to do, and that's entertain us. Um, and, and I just, I feel like AEW does that 10 times, 20 times better than, uh, than the other company. Um, and it's crazy, man. I'll wear like, I'll wear my Kevin Owens shirt or I'll wear, uh, 
I wear so-and-so out in public, you know, my Roman Reigns shirt. And I never used to get comments on it, man. But I, I'll tell you, I probably can count on two hands how many times recently I've gone out wearing a shirt and they're like, oh, is that, uh, is that so-and-so from WWE? Have you checked out AEW? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I have. <laughs> so, and they're making waves for sure, which again, like, you know, for us, um, being two dudes in our thirties or whatever, it's, it feels like we were like, we're kind of kids again with this stuff. Like it's, it's cool to like, you know, that there's, there's real like competition out there. And again, like yeah. I think the fact that AEW can even consider themselves like real competition, even though, you know, they claim that they're, they're not because they kind of aren't like, they're kind of worrying about their own stuff. But in the reality of things, it's like, it's still, there's still two wrestling companies and no matter what, like the public I is going to say that they're competition because of that. I mean, yeah. you can't be, you can't go out and say like, you know, that the, you know, like that, like this weekend, you can't say that the Bengals and the chiefs aren't competition, just even though there's two football teams in the same league. You know? Well, you know, and, and I'll, I'll revert back to, you know, like what we talked about or what I mentioned earlier about, you know, WWE coming out and saying, you know, 10, 15 years ago saying, Hey, our pay-per-views, or my bad, sorry, premium live events, as they're called now. Well, that's um, what they the, call now, but it's kind of weird because, like, I was watching <laughs> SmackDown the other night, and it was, and Charlotte said pay-per-view. Well, Charlotte probably got a got a tongue lashing from Vince when uh, when she got behind the curtain back to Gorilla. Well, they were Charlotte, and they kind of let her do whatever. So yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Or or because it was Charlotte, they kind of let her do whatever. Um, but. The, uh, you know, when they come out and say, hey, we have four big pay-per-views a year and we're going to provide our best matches on those four big pay-per-views, even though the other nine or 10 pay-per-views or premium live events cost the same as those big four. Um, you know, that, that kind of, especially, you know, for somebody who was paying adult money for those events, you know, it sucks uh, when when they say that, and then you have AEW, who's putting on who's putting on pay per view caliber matches more than one on their weekly shows, um, and not just their weekly shows. They're doing it on they're doing it on on their YouTube shows as well. Yeah, um, since Suzuki on YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that. you know, so though that's you know that's that's extremely. Um, that just speaks volumes to me about where we're at with this. You know, this company's two years old. Um, they've got four shows. Yes, their their roster may be a little overbloated. Um, but I'm kind of curious too, if like, because a lot of people have criticized like Tony signing a bunch of dudes. But like, I'm kind of curious if like, you know, like a lot of people just don't really take into consideration that that three year window is up, and a lot of these people's contracts are going to run out i mean some of them are names that you kind of just are like okay like i can see why they're letting them go but i wonder if he kind of knew like well we're, you know we're gonna in some form or fashion like we're we're gonna thin out a little bit yeah. here in the next few months and like also it's just like insane some of it's insane it's like did you re you really you really wanted this man because he was like hey we we can't take one more body so sorry i can't take brian danielson like, yeah. What are we doing here? Yeah. Well, and you know, it's like we, it, it's, 
the the memes that go over the internet um, with uh, with uh, Dan. Um, uh, I'm drawing a blank. The guy with his face painted. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, when uh, when they signed him, you know, there's a bunch of memes going around on the internet that you know, like like, hey, uh, why don't you sign somebody that's that's not you know from WWE? And then they sign him and everybody's like, well, we don't know him. You need to sign people that we know. So it's, you know, wrestling fans and not just wrestling fans, you know, fans in general are fickle. It is is super weird. Like that argument's always been super weird. Like somebody's always from somewhere like, well, you know, like I said, it's, it's a, but do they not realize that like Adam Cole from not, he's from ROH. Yeah. And he wasn't a WWE guy. He was at one point he was an ROH guy. And so was Brian Danielson. So was Punk. Like it's just it's it's a very it's it's a pretty stupid argument. That's that's literally like telling your favorite sports team, like, hey, don't sign that guy because like he played on another team. <coughs> yeah. Well, you know, like like I said, you know, fan you know, people are fickle. Um, you know. I know a lot of people will say like wrestling fans. I'll just say people in general are fickle. People in um, general, the wrestling community is, is, a, is a, sometimes can be a special breed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, um, and, and we've seen it. You know, where people, uh, you know, and, and I was guilty of it when I was younger. Um, when TNA very first, you know, very first popped up, I had a lot of people sitting here, um, you know, telling me like how cool TNA is, and I just didn't want to watch it because I was so. I was so, you know, programmed, like you said, that WWE was the new, the new it thing and nothing could come along and, and tower them over, you know? And as I, as I, you know, alone by myself would watch TNA, I'd be like, man, like they've got some, they got some really good stuff going. They got some really bad stuff going, but they got some really good stuff going. Um, but it's, it's okay. It's okay to have options. Yeah. Things be different. And I, and I think that's what, I think that's what people, you know, I think it's what the problem with people is, you know, like, cause like I said, you know, you get on TikTok, the wrestling community is, is really weird on there. You know, it's like, uh, you know, WWE guys will, will dog on AEW guys because AEW guys will be like, oh, AEW is the future. They're going to put WWE out of business. Now, you know, that's that's just people talking. I mean, that's no different than me being like, hey, my sports team is better than your sports team. Um, you know, it's an opinion to to bash AEW and not like AEW because some asshat said that AEW was going to put WWE out of business and you don't think that's true. You know, that's that's not really fair to the to AEW and the guys working for AEW. Um, you know, and you not you not wanting to go watch the product and support the product because you don't like what some asshat said on social media. It's just, it's silly to me. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like you mentioned, like it's a, it's a, it's a fantastic time regardless of, regardless of budget cuts and guys not, you know, guys being out of jobs and they're not being enough TV time for these guys that are out of jobs. The business, the business is in a phenomenal place because there is so much content out there. Um, no matter yeah, where you're watching it from. I don't remember who said it. I think it might have even been like might have been Cody, like like when everything first started, but it's just like you know, there's just there's different flavors of ice cream, dude. And you don't have to like all of them. But it's no. good that there's options. And you can yeah. pick, and there's certain ones that sometimes I don't like I don't I wouldn't get every time. 
But sometimes, sometimes you tune in and you're like, oh, this is pretty cool. And yeah. you watch it for a little while and maybe you don't after that or maybe you get attached to it or whatever. It's like, it's just, I never understood when options became like such a bad thing. They're just not. No, you know, and, and, um, you know, this, this introduction, this getting to know us, um, you know, I've, I've kind of, I've kind of, you know, um, shit on, uh, the big company, uh, WWE a little bit. Um, but you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say that there's nothing that there's nothing that they do that is appealing to me, that is entertaining to me. No, like I said, um, edge has good matches. Seth, Seth is always, you know, regardless of what you think about Seth Rollins, the person Seth Rollins always has good matches. Um, Kevin Owens has good matches. The Roman uh, is really good. Yeah. Ro- Roman's Roman's new character. Like it's, it's crazy because like Roman's character that they've done now is, is the best work that Roman's ever done. Um, and it's, and it's entertaining. Like it's, it's who he, it's who he's supposed to be. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm not, like I said, I'm not completely shitting on everything they do. Uh, I like, I like what they do. It's just hard to support a company that, um, that, that does some of the stuff they do behind, behind, you know, backstage. Um, so interesting. I had a, if if you're looking at our lineup, I had state of the business with all the wrestling out there. Business is booming. Um, but you and I have talked on the state of the business enough. I wanted to, uh, I had a, I had a little side note for myself that I wanted to throw in there. Um, so for those that don't know, Seth doesn't like it when I do hot takes. I am not going to do a hot take this week. Just that they're super ridiculous. Okay. But I'm not going to do a, I'm not going to do my hot take. I really kind of like it. I enjoy it because I just know it's going to be so fucking <laughs> But like, it's just, a, it, I shit on it as like almost like a gimmick because it's sometimes it's, it's pretty bad. But yeah, <laughs> I don't know what you're about to say, but. Uh, um, well, and I will, I will do more of my hot takes in the future, but, um, be but this one, this one I saw on, I saw on uh TikTok from somebody and I was like, man, like I, th- I thought maybe I could, I could steal it and give it to you and you would think it was mine. But I was like, no, nah, I'm, I'll, I'll tell them that it's not mine, but, but so, you I, I don't believe it. I just thought it would be funny to talk about it. So there is this guy on TikTok that was like, hey, what if WWE is releasing all this talent and doing budget cuts so wrestlers can go be independent or they can go work for a different company and WWE can open that forbidden door and invite guys to come in whenever they want and they don't have to pay them because they're not contractually obligated to. You know, they could pay them for they could pay them for the one event that they come work or the two events that they work. And he was like, he was, and that wasn't like his theory. He was just saying like, yo, WWE is probably doing that because WWE is cool like that. And so that's why that like whenever like people are like hardcore fans of whatever company, they're always like, well, yeah, because like they're, everybody over there is like so nice. And it's like, nobody knows these fucking people. Like you don't know these people. But it's like, they're always like, yeah, it's like, well, why wouldn't WWE do that? They've always been so great to everybody. And it's like, what are we talking about? That's not true. They're just not going to fucking do that. Like, no company yeah. does that. They're not just going to let guys go. The only time that ever happened in a similar fashion was with fucking Pillman, and it backfired. 
Like the people yeah. aren't going to do that again. Like WCW let him go with the intention of like, oh, he'll be back, and then he went to the WWF. <laughs> yeah. So and this guy was this guy was super super adamant that like that that's what Nick Khan came in to do. Nick Khan came in to now you guys to, are best friends, huh? And now you guys are best friends. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have commented on a couple of people's um, you know. And and I'll say, you know, as, as super critical as I am, I commented as my personal profile um, and I was like, yeah, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm going to leave it alone. Now I just now I just I'll listen to it. I'll giggle and I'll keep scrolling. And that's it. And that's what I did with this one, because this guy was like this guy was like Nick Khan knows what he's doing. And this is what he's doing. You guys don't understand. He's 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 making it to where WWE doesn't have to spend money on these big fat contracts. And they can just pay guys to come in, and you're gonna see you're gonna see super matches that we've never seen before, like like guys from New Japan coming in and fighting, and you know Okada and Styles could main event WrestleMania, and, and you guys just don't understand. And I'm like, I'm like, all right, all right. Well, I was like, that sounds like or or like if they wanted to do that, they could just do exactly what AEW is doing and just like put it in their contract that they could work other companies. Yeah. They don't do that. <laughs> so get it together. Like I said, I, I I I had I had that you know as a possibility to throw in there. And I was like, man, maybe I'll maybe I'll throw that in there. And then, like I said, when you and I have talked, we have talked about the state of the business um, all through all through our our talking points. So there was no point in giving it a giving it a, a its own time period. Figured I'd throw that out you and. And see if uh, see if that reminded you of a, of a chase. You would have just been like, "Hey, bro, here's my idea." I'd have been like, "Yeah, well, that's that's a chase idea." <laughs> see, and that was that was my idea. Was this to... some of these things? I got to give you credit; they are ideas. <laughs> uh, that was my idea. Was is I was going to be like, "Man, I'm going to throw this at him, and I'm not going to tell him where I got it from, and make him think that it's my idea, and see I, if he I, can I, tell I, the I, difference." <laughs> It makes no sense. It just makes no sense. It's like there's so many holes in it that dude just sat down for a second and read one thing. So, so we are recording this show on Friday night. It's gonna be it's gonna be posted on social media on Saturday. Um, once I get done editing it and putting it all together, um, so as of Saturday, Saturday will be Royal Rumble. Uh, Royal Rumble is gonna be in St. Louis. Um, there's a lot of fucking Charlotte came out tonight and said something about being in Kansas city. And I just totally forgot they were there like threw me for a loop. So, and here's, what's funny about that tickets for the Royal rumble right now are as cheap as they were for Kansas city tonight. Really? Um, and I actually thought what? about, huh? Is it not sold out? No, that's wild. No, they actually, how they, how they're, they're going to have the stage and then a big long ramp but there's going to be a bunch of open seats behind the stage. So I wonder if the stage is going to look similar to what it looked like in 2020. Um, Could be. but Because uh, I thought that was interesting. And those are the cheapest seats. They're like 40 bucks a ticket. Um, I just figured and, it sold out. The Rumble usually sells pretty well. Yeah. Well... So and and I actually thought about buying a ticket and going because there's going to be a lot of content creators there, um, a lot of content creators that I've seen on on Twitter and especially on on TikTok. 
um, that are like, yo, hey, we're going to be at the Royal Rumble. Sean Ross Sapp was going to be at the Royal Rumble. I thought about like – Since it's in the Midwest, that's a pretty good spot just for everybody. Just, yeah. You know. It's like a it's like a four hour drive from Kansas City or from where I'm at. Yeah. I I thought about it. Um, I didn't do it. Be cool probably, to go. Rumble's fun. Pro- probably not going to do it, but um, since it is a huge event, um, it's it's one of the biggest events of the year. Um, figured we would do, uh, donate a little bit of time here to it. Um, do you have a prediction since you've picked up watching? For the rumble itself, yeah. I kind of, my heart for some reason, and I don't even have like a like a like a real good reason. It's like for some reason my my heart and my brain keep telling me like, just say Kevin Owens, because I really like Kevin Owens. Yeah, it would be cool, but I don't it think it's be. Kevin Owens. No, that's not. And they've got they've got Kevin Owens playing uh playing Seth Rollins Seth Rollins sorry Seth <laughs> Rollins they've got uh they got Kevin Owens playing Seth Rollins like sidekick right now so he's not yeah I saw the match the the tag match they had um, yeah where Roman interfered um so I'll go ahead I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap two predictions into one because you you can't have one without the other. I think Lashley beats Lesnar, and I think Lesnar wins the Rumble. <laughs> it's it's so funny because it's the most it, it is the most like WWE idea that I've I've ever heard. But I also like, think, I think something that plays I think something plays into it too, where they're like doing a reset because like when Roman had the COVID thing or whatever. And then remember they had like Lesnar win the belt. That's how he won the belt. Was like the original plan was him to face Reigns, right? And then they had to pull an audible. No, the original plan was for uh, the original plan was for him to face Goldberg. Well, recently? Yeah. When 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 Roman left for COVID, this was this was 2020. Uh no, because he, no, he had it recently. Reigns had it in the beginning of January. Oh, oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. I see what you're saying. Okay. I thought you were talking about I thought you were talking about last year. Okay. No, whenever earlier this yeah. year, remember it was supposed to be Lesnar and Reigns. Yeah, and then he tested positive for COVID. One or whatever. Yeah. And so then, then uh that's when they threw Lesnar into the, the WWE title match and he won. Yeah, so I think this is the reset yeah. where Lesnar now drops the belt so they can have the match at Mania and it's for the one title because it makes no sense to have it title versus title because like it makes the rumble like what does the rumble winner do yeah unless they made it like a three-way i guess and then they're doing the two championships again which i hate so there there is talk um there there has been like some some rumors going around that they're looking at resetting and uh getting rid of the brand extension i've seen that because it's jumping all over the place now yeah so what's the Um, point which always happens like it's so weird like it's like every single time, like it, it feels like they've done they've done a draft. They'll they'll do this thing where they do the draft. They did the draft twenty years ago, so then they let the draft go, and you know it's it's all fine and dandy. Guys are wrestling on Raw. Guys are wrestling on SmackDown. You know whatever they'll do the co brand pay per views. Then they'll try and do the 
the single brand pay-per-views and only do co-brand pay-per-views for the big ones. That doesn't work out. So then they'll slowly revert back to, to every pay-per-view being co-brand. Then they'll slowly revert back to guys being able to switch shows. And then they'll just slowly get rid of it. What was the and then they're like, they did then they'll this do this thing where they'll go, oh, hey, we're, we're going to redraft. Like, well, the draft didn't work the two other times you did it, guys. Why are we doing it again? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Especially when they, yeah, it's, but that's the thing. That's the, goes back to the thing. They don't, they, they kind of just like ruin their own stuff sometimes by making like stipulations not matter and making like rules not matter. It's like, who cares? They're always like, who cares? Like, who gives a shit? Just do it. Yeah. Okay. Well, it doesn't make any sense, but whatever. Yeah. So So, I think, I think my guess is my, my prediction is that Lesnar wins. So my prediction, um, you know, I was, I was going with, you know, who's got the hot hand. Um, you know, Big E, Big e winning was really was really hot. Yeah, I thought about maybe Big E. And then, you know, Big E, Big e dropped the title uh, in that, that multi-man match to Lesnar. Um, they, can, they can say that whole thing with Lesnar wasn't done on an audible, um, but it was. Um, you know, they, like, because people were like, oh, Lesnar only won the title because, you know, Roman got sick. And then they said, no, Lesnar was supposed to win that match regardless. And I don't, think I, just, I, don't I don't buy that. I think that's stupid. Um, well, what was Lesnar supposed to do? Lose to Roman and then go out and beat beat the five guys and win the title? Like, yeah. although that would although that wouldn't shock me. They've done they've done something similar uh, <laughs> in the past. So um, that's why that's why your prediction just blow, like just makes me laugh my ass off because it's like it adds to to the Lesnar lore. Exactly. So I think that uh, I think Big E wins. Um, I think they play with the hot hand. Um, I think Lesnar costs Roman the title to Seth. And then Lesnar um, wins his match. And then they do a, they do a switcheroo. We can do that. They take, the, they take the universal title back to Raw. Big E fights Seth at WrestleMania or some type of match at WrestleMania involving Big E and Seth. Um, it could be a multi-man match. Who knows? Uh, and then we get Lesnar uh, versus Reigns for the WWE title at WrestleMania. Lesnar's the champion. Reigns wins. It makes sense. Lesnar goes Lesnar goes on hiatus for a few months, and Reigns continues his 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 run at the top. They certainly are leaning in pretty hard on like um, Reigns can't beat Rollins, but part of me thinks that they're leaning into that so heavily because he's going to beat Rollins. They want you to believe that he can't, even yeah. though like logic tells you like he probably will. Especially because like the uh, a lot of people think that the original idea was supposed to, it was supposed to be McIntyre, but then he got hurt. So if it's not if that if this is kind of just like an I don't think McIntyre was going to beat him. So if they're still kind of going in line with that, just with a new person, I think Reigns probably beats him. But I could see them doing that, and then I can see, um, I could see Lesnar retaining. But I I, I kind of think Lesnar's going to lose because they're also playing into the it, they're making it seem like he's not taking Lashley very serious. And so I think yeah. Lashley gets him because Lashley also admitted like this is going to be the shortest title reign of your career because Lesnar always has long, lengthy title reigns. So yeah. I think this is the time where they like switch that up. 
And they're like, oh, well, you know, he could lose too. And yeah. I just, I see, you know, like I said, I see, uh, uh, I see this kind of being like a, uh, remember Goldberg and Lesnar back in 2004 or two, yeah, 2004. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Lesnar, Lesnar cost Goldberg the title and then Goldberg cost Lesnar the title. And then they fought at WrestleMania in a non-title match. WrestleMania hate. 20. Um, I kind of I kind of see this being something similar where, where I could see Lesnar or Heyman costing Reigns the title um, against Seth. Reigns gets pissed off, tries to cost Lesnar the title, but doesn't succeed. Lesnar still winds up winning. And then Lesnar and Reigns wind up fighting for the, the WWE title at WrestleMania. And then the titles make a swap the universal title goes back to Raw. The WWE title goes back to SmackDown. I can see it. I mean, we're we're at least in agreement that obviously, like the the Mania matches is obviously Reigns and yeah, Lesnar. that's where they have to go at this point. Yeah, they they're, they're not going anywhere else. There's yeah. there's nobody there there's nobody if they're not gonna if they're not gonna do Rock and Reigns this year, which obviously they're not, um, then then it's gonna be Lesnar and Reigns, right. So, um, do you have a do you have a prediction on the uh, the women's Royal Rumble? I thought about Bianca, but she's won it once before. That doesn't mean anything. You always kind of you always kind of think Charlotte because it's Charlotte. Yep. Um, and and Char- they're leaning on Charlotte a lot right now. I hate to say it, but I think I'm going to be real i think i'm buying into that it's going to be rousey damn it <laughs> i'm buying into like i think i'm buying the rumors and i think up rousey at mania so i was i was I, you know i'm going to be honest with you man i was going to wait for you to do your pick and then i was going to be like i was going to be like all right chase hot take i think it's going to be rousey <laughs> I think it's Rousey. I was looking up so much stuff, and like people believe that she's going to be in it. Yeah, um, that she's at least going to be there. Um, so, so I mean, who knows? I think people yeah. were like, weren't people like, weren't there rumors also swirling like last year that she like didn't show up, and everybody? Oh was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, the rumors have been swirling since uh, since she left, and a. Uh, you know, because a lot of people wanted to see the the four horsemen versus the four horsemen, which and, they, they should have did that so long ago. They should have that that was a that was a big money match that they missed out on. Um, yeah, man, I, I I don't know, man. I might I might I might I might uh, I might drop some money and drive to St. Louis tomorrow. I don't know. Um, You're a nut. I, <laughs> so. Um, real quick. So we already, we already got our winners for the, uh, Royal Rumbles. Um, we'll, uh, we'll kind of, we'll kind of just do a quick shot. Real quick. Uh, I'll throw the match at, there's not very many other matches besides oh, the Royal I Rumble think, matches. Including the Rumble. Yeah. The Rumble matches, right? Yep. So Rollins, uh, Rollins versus Reigns for the, uh, Universal Championship. So I think, I think Reigns wins. Okay. I just, uh, I just, I think they're building up Rollins as he, he that he's basically like the rain stopper, and I think it's because Reigns is actually going to beat him this time. Okay. Um, 
I uh, I think Seth, I think Seth Rollins will win. Like I said, I think because of interference from either Heyman or Le, uh, or Lesnar, um, I think Heyman would I think Heyman would be a would be a would be a super a, a super fun idea for them to add to the to the story of Lesnar versus Reigns. Um, if Heyman came out and distracted Reigns, and Rollins got the best of him and pinned him. Um, and then Rollins tr- or Ryan- Reigns tries to do the same thing to Brock and is unsuccessful. Um, it could happen because Reigns has disrespected Heyman since all this kind of started. So yeah, I can see. That. Well, I, well, I, I don't know if you, I don't know if you saw the thing or not, but uh, uh, a couple weeks ago on SmackDown, they had that thing where, where like Heyman got all like super emotional with Roman. He was like, "You were my tribal chief," and then, and then Lesnar was like, "Shut up." And then <laughs> yeah. Roman was like, "Yo, don't talk to him like that." <laughs> yeah, but didn't like didn't like Reigns also kind of say something to him? Like, what the fuck? Like, where like yeah, yeah, just, like everyone's just kind of yeah. like, what's with this dude? Like, yeah, Reigns like Reigns like called him a rat or called him something, and then that's when that's when Heyman got not, super emotional. Maybe that's the ploy. Maybe maybe Heyman, maybe maybe the Lesnar thing. Maybe Lesnar goes on last. I don't know if they'll do that with two rumbles, but like if that match goes last, maybe Heyman costs him the belt and then gets back with with Reigns. And it's like this was all part of the. I could see, I could see that happening at WrestleMania. I could see that too, and then Lesnar for a while. So, so you got Reigns, I've got Rollins, um, Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. I got Lashley. Okay, I got Lesnar. Because, like I said, I think I, I think Lesnar's I think Lesnar's going to take the title to to SmackDown. They're going to do they're going to do a switcheroo. And it's not crazy. Um, I mean, we all know how much the WWE loves Lesnar having titles for long periods of time. So. Yeah, um, I just don't see you know I I think one of the coolest things has you know about this run with uh, Lesnar not only not only his look and his attitude and that he's funny. And I like a face. I like a face. Lesnar is a you know kind of like a, a a little bit of a change, um, an anti-hero in a way. Because yeah, still yeah, exactly. He's still, he's still he'll still beat the shit out of anybody. But yeah, he's still a dick. But he's you know he you're right. He's like the anti-hero. Um, I, I think that WWE likes uh, or I have liked seeing him be the challenger. Him being you know the chase. Um, well, it's a different feel too because he's been champion so much. Yeah, I just don't. I don't think WWE feel you know. To me, to me, I think Lesnar being you know being in the chase for the title is a good thing. Uh, I, I don't. I don't think WWE thinks the same way. I think they. I think they keep the title on Lesnar as a way for Roman to Roman to triumph Lesnar. I think they always view Lesnar as like the final boss. Yeah. Um. We have Edge and Beth Phoenix versus The Miz and Maurice. I think Edge and Beth win. I do too. I do too. Um, I, I, um, I saw some people thinking that it that it could go the other way, but I just – I don't – they could do something. I mean, it's WWE. Sometimes their booking gets kind of weird, and I don't even think Miz and Maurice winning is like necessarily the wrong call, but I just think like Edge and Beth winning, I think like it's, it's what everybody wants, and – I don't. I don't think anyone losing this thing. Like, you know, like I said, I kind of just got back into the product like recently. But like, 
it just doesn't seem like a loss for either one of these teams like will necessarily hurt them. But I just think Edge and Beth teaming up, I think like it's a bigger deal if they like win for the fans. I think they want to see it. So I think it's yeah. a big deal. Um, Becky Lynch versus Dewdrop. I think it's Becky. I think it's the easiest call. Um, I, I don't, I like Dewdrop. Um, I actually, uh, I actually liked Dewdrop a lot when she was in NXT UK. Um, she was Piper Niven, um, in NXT UK. Okay. And I thought it was an awful name, maybe the worst in the business. Huh? Dewdrop's an absolute awful name. Yes, absolutely. Agree. Um, and, uh, you know, I was watching, um, watching some past stuff. They, they had Eva Marie bring her from NXT UK. Um, and the only reason they brought her from NXT UK is because she's a heavy set girl. And Eva Marie is like super beautiful. So Eva Marie kind of treated her like her ugly best friend. Um, kind of thing lingering around at that time on like Twitter and stuff. And it, it was, it was pretty rough. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, you know, there's, there's all these women on NXT UK, um, Kaylee Ray, um, you know, and NXT that they could have brought up. Um, but they only brought Piper because she was a heavy set girl to be with Eva Marie. And of course they wound up letting go Eva Marie. Um, but I'm, I'm happy that they're doing stuff with, Dewdrop, um, I would I would completely lose my shit if Dewdrop won. Um, that segment that she had with Becky the other night was good. Yeah, I thought it was um, But I think that they are building towards uh, a big match between Charlotte and uh, Charlotte and Becky, or Ronda and Becky. I think so. It's I think if Ronda wins the Rumble, I think she challenges Becky. That's the feud we've well, been yeah. I, I, since she left. Yeah. So, um, if she, uh, you know, if she wins and, uh, you know, I mean, I think Becky's going to win. I want Dewdrop to win, but Becky's Becky's my pick. Um, and then we already did our Royal Rumble uh, predictions. So, that, my friend... Closes us out. Finit. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually excited for the card tomorrow. I haven't said yeah. that about the WWE card in a while, but I'm excited for it. I like the Rumble. It'll be fun. Yeah. I, uh, we had a good time. Yeah. I, uh, I, I always enjoy the Rumble, too. Um, you know, I, I, I can't really think of anything from last year that really kind of stands out to me. Um. Last year might have been the first year I actually didn't watch it, I think, in like a long, long time. Yeah, Edge won last year, didn't he? He did win last year, but I don't think I, I – just, I just don't remember actually like sitting yep. down and watching it. But that was the yeah. first one I missed in forever, and I remember thinking I wanted to watch it and then just kind of happened and I just kind of let it go. Yeah. But yeah. I'm excited for this one. I mean, like I said, I've been trying to get back into the product and stuff, and, and, and there, there's some stuff that they are doing that is genuinely like really good. So yeah, like I, I said, the, the Roman stuff is good. Um, Lesnar, Lesnar's, Lesnar's gold. Um, you know, Seth, you know, I, like I said, I don't, I don't like Seth Rollins as a person, but, uh, he's always putting on, he's always putting on good matches and he's, he's fairly entertaining. He's got a weird, 
I don't know at all what his gimmick is, but that's fine. Yeah, I guess. Like I, I said, he he's supposed to be he's supposed to be just over the top. The story, um, but I like the story that they have is easy with Reigns and it sells. Like you bring up the Shield stuff, yeah, and then you bring up the fact that he's beaten him every time and it's done. It's easy. Yeah. Did you see? Uh, did you see Seth dropped uh, drop Mox's name? Uh, I didn't see it, but I had seen people talk about it, and yep. people thought that he was going to be the Rumble, which is absolutely ridiculous. But absolutely ridiculous. Um, I. Uh, uh, you know, and we can talk about that on other shows. You know, like I said, we've hit the three-hour mark, but um, I, I don't see I, – I see it being a very long time before Mox and WWE um, mend that relationship. Yeah. We've I seen so many times that guys we didn't think were going to go back go back. So yeah, absolutely. He never will, but no. he's one of those guys that, like, I also wouldn't be surprised if he never went. He just seems like they soured him, and he's having the time of his life doing what he's doing now, and he seems healthier than ever, given you know what he just went through and stuff. And he yeah. looks he looks very good, and you know AEW's letting him do a bunch of different shit. I mean, that dude yeah. looks like when he's out there, he's having a blast. So. Yeah, I just yeah, it was a weird rumor that lasted all of like a week and then died. <laughs> yeah. uh, Cody Rhodes show up at the Rumble. Absolutely not. He's not showing up at the Rumble. I, I don't. I don't see that happening at all. I don't. I don't. Even, I think the contract stuff is so silly. I think it's like. I think there's not really anything to it. I think what it got reported, and I think Cody leaned into it because, like, why not? Yeah. Yeah. Also, kind I, uh, of maybe it was sort of planted in a way, because I think even Sean Ross Sapp kind of said after the fact he was like, "Yeah, it was like." He said, "I think he had mentioned like." It's not surprising to me that they had reported he was a free agent, and then it was literally like minutes later the AEW Twitter account reported that he was going to show up on the show on Wednesday. And they were like, "Yeah, Cody, remember Cody's returning this Wednesday." Yeah, and yeah. Cody had dropped like subtle hints. I know he's there's something he does. I don't I don't exactly know what it is, but it's some like it's some group where he like sends out tweets and stuff. It's like an AEW like community thing. And he tweets in it sometimes. And there's certain people in it if they're part of the group. And I know after all that had happened, he had like tweeted out something about like always bet on yourself as like an inspirational thing. And people were like, Oh, so I just think, I, I think it could have just been weird timing. I saw Dave kind of mentioned, I saw, I saw Meltzer kind of mentioned that like, it could just be weird timing. Like Cody w was at one of the shows when he was supposed to defend the title originally against Sammy and he pulled up, he was there and then he got a phone call and he had a family emergency and he went home and Cody's contract was believed to be up when the year rolled over and Tony likes to do contract signings in person. So it was very possible at that moment that he had just not seen Tony and like the yeah. contract was there. So technically he was a free agent. Yeah, I, you know, like I said, I, I, or like I've told you, insane if he showed up in the Rumble, though. <laughs> yeah, you know, but, but like I had told you, I, I think, you know, it's just more or less of a thing where they, you know, it got leaked. Um, they learned about it. Um, and then Cody and Cody and Tony were kind of like, hey, we could have some fun with this. Um, 
and that's it. I, I honestly just think it's a it's a fact of Cody's been extremely busy, you know, doing you know doing what he does for AEW, um, doing the TV shows for TNT, and then also, um, uh, you know, the family stuff. Um, so I I I think it was just like one of those things where it's like, yeah, I will sign it. I have all intentions to. I'll sign it when I sign it. I'm obviously not going anywhere. I'm obviously extremely invested in this company. Um, you and know. the television station. He's got two things going on with that television station. Yeah. So uh, you know, I I don't think Cody's I don't think Cody's going anywhere. Um, you know, I wanted to I wanted to throw something at you real quick before uh, before we sign off, and and it worked. An so. interesting thought, and I think it would be absolutely insane if it were to happen. But it's just it's just one of those things that's not going to happen. It would also be insane if all of a sudden a million dollars dropped in my bank account. But that's also not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> there are crazy yeah. things that could happen. Could be pretty cool, but like normally those things don't happen. So I don't think this is happening either. Yeah. Well. So, like I said, we are we are over the three hour mark. Um, man, I've I've had a blast. Um, Dude, I kick off the first show. We went a little long, but you know. Yep. Uh, you know, like I said, for a first show, for an introduction, kind of just letting everybody know, you know, what we're about, what we like, what we don't like. Um, you know, to kind of kind of just get an idea. Um, we've we've given you plenty of content to make that decision um if you uh if you like us or not and hopefully uh hopefully you'll you'll come back and listen um i will post all of my social medias um but it's pretty easy it's a cr media 1988 um just because cr media um obviously they won't let me take that some, something that simple um i know it says at cr media right here but it is cr media 1988 you can find me on facebook twitter instagram um twitch uh, and TikTok. So um, I'll be posting clips of, of this show on all those. And then I will also be converting this to an audio and we will upload it to all of your favorite audio places for you to get your podcasts. Because um, I'm sure our good friend Josh will want to listen to it while uh, while he's driving to random places. So Yeah, that's what he likes to do. Just yeah. tune in weird <laughs> stuff and then let us know that he's listening to it when we don't always care. But that's all right. So... Um, like I said, this will be posted on Saturday, uh, January 29th. Um, and uh, Mr. Hackett, are, is, is that going to be our is that going to be our day, Friday nights? And yeah, then we, we post it on Saturdays. Okay, absolutely. All right. So, with that being said, you can catch us Saturday, um, every Saturday um, on my social medias. Like I said, and we will. Uh, we will be posting content um, from there. And other than that, I'm all good, man. You got anything else? No, that's it. Um, I guess you can follow me on my Twitter. I don't really use it that often, but feel free. It's just at Seth underscore Hackett. You can find me on Facebook. Also don't use that a lot. You can find me on Instagram. Also don't use that a lot. I don't even know why I have most of these things, but I do have them. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. Yeah. We'll be back next week. Yeah. Other than that, adios. Catch you later. All right, see ya.